0: Now get ready for the time of your lives, cause you are now watching GawCast. Hello everybody, welcome to GawCast. The show where one of the hosts spent literally a few days trying to hunt down rubber duckies. To entertain the other host. I am your host, Hydrove 99 and I am joined here today with the Lord of Rubber Ducks himself, Flew Alpaca. How are you today?
1: No. <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, I'm alright, I guess. I just got back from a walk. uh, And, uh, went to, like, 7-Eleven got like a they they have this like um orange mango like it's like a Gatorade sort of drink um also uh i i forgot what i was talking about but i like i i found out that you can rent dvds from the library um So I like rented a bunch of DVDs, and like I I didn't know, like they aren't Blu-rays, so they're gonna be like you know, standard quality, I guess. But I mean, I can rent DVDs. I don't have to rent them, or is it real? No, no, it's renting still. But it's not like I purchase it. I can borrow them from the library. Oh, I see. Yeah. So. Yeah, <laughs> I. You don't have to pay any money, thankfully. Um, and uh, also, I purchased a hard drive from like, Adorama, and unfortunately, it was dead on arrival. But I hope that when it arrives there, that they don't like pull a new egg. Hey, like, you know how you have to like return everything well I don't know if that includes like the packaging that it came in like the blue like uh you know box or like uh packaging like the actual thing with your address on it and stuff I don't know but if you don't know what I mean by pulling a new egg well I don't know I'm not gonna accuse them of that I'm just saying that I hope that it doesn't become uh Well, actually- actually... We believe that you smashed the- the hard drive with a hammer before you sent it to us for no reason, so... What the fuck was that? What the fuck was that? Anyways, um, so yeah, like... it, it was a four terabyte Seagate Barracuda. Um I know that they're not really n- known for being good quality anyways, but I mean they're they're cheap. They're like 75 bucks and it was like 65 bucks on sale. So, I thought it was pretty good. Um it's like it's like the this, the uh it's worth about a, like a video game and uh some change. <laughs> some tax, I guess. Um I fucking saw that. <laughs> I fucking saw that. I I saw a. It looked like a Krabby Patty from SpongeBob. Like you were holding it, like one two. You were holding it like a burger, and it was like the size of like a, I don't know, Big Mac. <laughs> Is that a floaty one? It looks like a pool floaty. What the fuck? It's like. Why is its lips so red? It looks like it's going to like a, a a nightclub. Uh, and now you put the Hatsune Miku duck on top of it. <laughs> what the fuck? So, a- and and I can only assume the next best course of action. Motherfucker. I'm gonna be hearing that in my dreams. I'm gonna it's gonna be late at night and I'm gonna wake up having to pee, and then all I hear from the very end of the hallway is like And it's just them it's like a it's like a dude in a giant rubber duck suit clambering down the hallway like Foxy from Five Nights at Freddy's. Like you just running down the fucking hallway, and then.
2: So, ladies
0: and gentlemen, so my week was essentially. So I went to Bed Bath and Beyond on a Sunday. And I was trying to hunt down squeakers. As in squeaking rubber ducks.
1: There's a Call of Duty for that. Sorry. Anyways. Um.
0: Anyways. So, I uh, when I went to the Bad bath and the beyond, they did not have any squeaking rubber ducks.
1: No, they didn't.
0: And then I got myself a water bottle.
1: So cool.
0: Yes, it's one of those water bottles you have, you switch the flavors out via cartridges.
1: Not sponsored.
0: No. Although alpaca was really intrigued
1: by it. I was, I almost purchased it. Like, I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna wait for, like, payday for it, but they're fucking intriguing. They're really intriguing. Like, it's this thing where it's a cartridge, and you turn the bottle, you turn the dial on top of the bottle, and you, you can choose uh, flavor or no flavor for the water. And it's like, uh, it's nothing like hint. It's more... Is it like Hint, or is it more like a... Like a... Flavoring pack, you know, little single packets?
0: It's kind of like dialing the flavor intensity of, like, a Mio. You know what those
1: are? Oh! Yeah, 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 those. Okay, so yeah, it's like Mio, but you can, like, make it strong, middle, or... Non-existent. Or, like, Hint, where it's, like, barely alive.
0: Yeah, so you can literally... So it's literally a dial in in the actual, like... Cartridge itself that it allows you to change the flavoring on the fly. So if you want no fl- water for like no flavor for like five seconds, but then if you wanted to dial it up to like nine, you could.
1: I just I just found that so intriguing because it's like, man, what if I just like, I don't know. It just it just was so intriguing. Like I could now on demand have cherry water. But if I don't want it, I can like literally turn it off and have regular water from from the same exact bottle. And I don't know why. It was intriguing, but it was like holy crap! I didn't know I needed this in my life. Hmm.
0: Um. Yeah, it's gonna be useful for cutting down on how much orange juice and stuff I drink. But also buy it every now and then. Just I won't be needing to buy as much. Definitely. And then, the next day, uh, I went to the mall, and Target had rubber ducks, but they didn't squeak. Which was not what I was looking for, because I already have a non-squeaking duck. It's called this thing.
1: Yeah, it's- it's called that. It's called the Hatsune Miku rubber duck. High quality, (laughs) without the squeak.
0: And then, after searching around the entire mall, I went to a SCS on tv store. And that's where I got this lovely little boat of four ducks.
1: Three tiny- And that's where- And that's where his soul- Um, he-he spent soul points on all four of them.
0: For five dollars.
1: And a piece of his soul. <laughs> that regenerates, I guess. Well, it it, re- it's like... It-,
0: it regenerated when I was laughing with complete... I was... It regenerated quickly, because I was just laughing the entire time. i like, Alpaca would surely enjoy seeing these rubber ducks live, thinking that I would have never found rubber ducks.
1: Yeah, and... uh Here we are, here we are. Now he's got uh, three tiny minions, one giant pool floaty looking one, and uh, in the ends, yes, front and center on the stage, Hatsune Miku Duck. And of course he had to fucking put Sue Metal on top of it or something or whoever that is.
0: Well, if you want Sue Metal, I can definitely do that for you. Give me one second. All better.
1: I don't... Who are the other three? The uh, the other two, I mean, sorry. There's Moa Metal and Yui Metal. Moa and Yui, and is Moa the one with the frizzy ponytails, or...
0: Well, the thing is, is I believe Yui was the one that left, which caused it to then be Sue and Moa. Oh, okay. And then there might be a new be ba- there is a baby metal tease that happened recently. Um, I saw on the Facebook page, so maybe we could talk about that. Who knows?
1: I'm gonna like wire transfer you the new album whenever it comes out, <laughs> just so you can leave me alone. I'm gonna go to the Western Union downtown and just be like, <laughs> and then goodbye.
0: I mean, to be fair, I mean, I do work with Western Union, so that's the store I am, so I know how to sign it, but this Western Union stuff.
1: During your lunch break, you'll just see like a, uh, I don't know, like a, it'll be like a fax machine. It'll be printing out, um, like a, a code to download the MP3s. Here's a gift for you, Hydro. From... Alpaca. Alright. P.S. I, I I don't owe you any protection. <laughs> no.
0: I mean, after all... I mean, these rubber duckies are...
1: Sure happy to have met you today, so... <laughs> I, if they were real ducks... I would so love to, to like, send... Actual like duck food for them, but since they're not real, and they're just a fabrication of, uh, like something from a that like tires, like they're they're like bleached dyed tire rubber. I can just not.
0: <laughs> right. So, anyways, I mean we have a lot of things to talk about here today, including rubber ducks. Um. We have a lot of news topics today. I mean, we have to deal with the fact there's a new PlayStation Plus tier system that came out. The Intel Arc graphics cards. We have the situation with Abandoned.
1: Oh, yes. Abandoned. That when I heard when we were talking about that, I I don't know. It's like, gosh, this is sad, but. Hey, whatever I'll, I'll talk about it when it comes
0: and of course we have to t- deal with the fact that apple facebook and discord gave you data to hackers and fedex autonomous drone cargo delivery along with e3 being canceled and the nvidia rtx 3090 ti or the tie if you prefer to pronounce it that way
1: the rtx 3080 tie
0: and, of course, the news that will always keep Alpaca pleased or not pleased is the changes Crunchyroll is making to ad-supported viewing on its service.
1: Oh, yeah. We need to talk about that. I'm looking at that. I'm like, is it free?
0: Right. So, with that out of the way, we're going to throw, like, a little bit of a bonus topic for us technically because we saw this and we were like, this is probably worth talking about. And it's for a game that both of us actually enjoyed playing. Which, unfortunately, hasn't seen the best updating cycle.
1: Yeah. um...
0: So, actually, before we get started here, I am going to link this to you, and then we'll get started. Anyway, so let's get started with this, and... We have here the Season 1 Outcomes Report. And what this is, is this is, you know, the people over at 343 Industries is taking a look at the community feedback and they're trying to address the concerns that the community has had. It's a pretty long article, but we're not going to go through the entire thing. I'm just going to go through the main highlights that I found when looking at this. Mm -hmm. Now, this did get released on April 1st. But this is not April Fools, Frank.
1: <laughs> oh, thank God. But, you, you know, what's funny is I don't think we did anything for April Fools. No. Um, except you purchased uh, rubber ducks. And this is like belated by four days, but still it hurts. So I forgot to shut my window in second. You fucking... I fucking hear that in the background. I'm just like, I, dude, I'm closing my window. I don't need to be traumatized. <laughs> Anyways, you're <were> saying?
0: <laughs> yeah. So, pretty much, first, for the introductory paragraph here it's pretty much saying this since the launch of hail infinite we've been paying close attention to community feedback addressing what we can in a timely manner communicate what we're looking on with closer look blogs and prioritizing future content and features internally based on that player input so what we did with our outcomes report during Halo Infinite's technical previews which shared learnings from each flight we want to be transparent about the feedback we've received so far and provide the team's responses to emerging themes in the community You will definitely see similarities in key feedback themes from the tech previews that carry over to Season 1. In the months leading up to release, the team was fully focused on launching Halo Infinite with very little room to begin work on the majority of these areas, many of which are quite significant in scope. In some cases, work on these common themes has been happening already, while in others, new sites and data gleamed from Season 1 has helped to further refine scope and priority for the team to address moving forward. During last year's pre-release flights, we highlighted both the positively received areas and the key feedback areas. Since this outcome report covers almost the entirety of the Halo Infinite's multiplayer experience and not the limited scope of a flight, we'll only be drilling into what matters most, the feedback. We gathered this feedback and data a survey set to Halo Insiders telemetry on in-game player behavior and thought share on Halo waypoint forums, Twitter, Reddit, YouTube videos, Twitch streams, and more. To set expectations, please keep in mind this is not meant to cover all the upcoming work we have planned for Halo Infinite, nor does it have specific timelines for every item. It will, however, cover many of the common feedback areas you've seen, raised, and discussed online with a focus on what's landing in Season 2. We'll have more to share around the specific timing of features and content in the future, as just stated... (laughs) As Joseph noted earlier this month, the team is also actively working towards shipping fixes, features, and updates in more agile ways during our seasons. And you can see here, like beneath this, the TLDR, there's a lot of feedback. And the I mean, look at this. Audio. The ability to hear an opponent's shield recharge sound will be reduced to prevent providing too much information about a players' location. The volume of the Grunt birthday party sound effect will be increased in campaign. This is what they're doing so far. Okay. Um, also there's Catalyst, which is the new arena map, will be added to multiple playlists on day one of season two. King of the Hill will be added into multiple playlists. Attrition will be added to multiple playlists. In Attrition, a revive player will be able to move immediately after spawning back in. Motion Tracker Radar will have its outer edge detection enabled for shooting and sprinting in social playlists. And then for Big D Battle, there's also Breaker, which is another map. And Jeff Sitzer's voice is returning to call out player-earned medals. Issue causing asymmetrical weapon rack spawns has been addressed. And MASH making, rather than track... It- a player's entire session, the CSR progression bar will now reflect the progress made from their most recent match. And then custom games of Forge, which, don't get this wrong, this is not the main Forge mode coming later. Which, I don't know why that would be in the game already, although that would be freaking amazing at this point so we can have more maps to play on.
1: <laughs> I'd love that. <laughs>
0: um, they're, say, say they're addressing some custom game bugs with more coming down the road and they mentioned that their balance adjustments were made to emphasize what was most important for players in the personal AI Spartan Shatter, and they didn't have a specific issue for PC address. Look at this. Noticeable stability improvements. The team has resolved dozens of PC crashes.
1: This is amazing because I tried to boot up Halo uh, a match of Big Team Battle to test out. This was back when um uh, they were fixing the bug where a certain, like, uh, players wouldn't mash make properly um i tried to boot it up and it crashed and also it wouldn't load the the map the second time around um, i would i would be stuck in you know loading uh map and would be stuck at like uh i don't know not 100% and then it wouldn't boot into the next game i'm happy about that
0: <laughs>
1: yeah uh hopefully it's actually resolved and stuff though yeah anyways
0: and then for the sandbox they actually have a couple of changes here uh, melee fights should be more consistent with opponents phasing through each other less and whiffing less when a melee should have connected so they're trying to adjust the, con- the connectivity of the strike
1: certainly I know that there was a lock on sometimes mm. but I feel like it should be more like sometimes I feel like the lunge didn't happen properly Thankfully, it's going to be fixed.
0: Yeah. And then they also had some changes with the weapons. And you can see here, a global melee damage decrease of 10% on all weapons will require the Mangler to land two shots and a beatdown for a kill. So it seemed like they want to nerf the Mangler.
1: Yeah. I mean, the Mangler wasn't always great, but... I mean, it depended on if you used it properly. It's got a lot of recoil, so you gotta be on target. Mm. Um, But if you got shot with it and then melee'd, like, you could really become almost unstoppable. Um, There was one person who actually mastered it and kicked the shit out of everyone in the lobby. As far as the Ravager, isn't that the one with, like, the lava, like, packet things? I'm that gun sure. sucked. I'm glad it says, it's gonna be.
0: It says buffed. the Ravager's base non charge shots, a so charging gun. Mm-hmm. Shot will see a damage increase. Now, I'm not sure exact which gun it is because it's been a while since so last played Halo Infinite. Yeah. But wherever this gun is, it's gonna get a damage increase.
1: It's probably the lava one, then.
0: Uh, the friend or foe recognition player. Is this this system will have options allowing players to modify the opacity and thickness based on their preferences. So this is the player outline system that they have in place. Kind of mm-hmm. how Smash does it nowadays, where, like, the color of the outline shows you if this is the person of the same team or not.
1: Personally, I don't like that. Um, but I'm going to make it extra thick so I can see people around corners, kind of. That's what I'm concerned about, actually. Might be a bit too thick.
0: Right. Um
1: they're also doing sh- Sorry.
0: yeah, okay. They've also changed equipment such as drop will see slight performance increases and overshield will provide slightly more shielding. So they're trying to buff those guys up. And vehicles, they have chopper collision, which is splatter damage, will be increased to hit to its vehicle splattering glory. Banshee's agility and damage output will be increased to improve its role as a strike fighter. And Warthog and Razorback should be more resistant to flipping and bouncing. As I said They'll have another, another outcast blog focusing on the live teams areas such as customization, shop, battle path, progression, event theater, and observer modes, and then your feature. And it's meant to be key themes. Now, as you can see here, um they have a lot of things here. And we don't want to go through all of it. But you can see here for accessibility, people have been asking for an auto sprint option or more colorblind settings or a desire for audio visualization feature. And you can see here that like the auto option. And they pretty much are just saying here like how they're just looking into this stuff and all that stuff. And then for audio... I mean, you can see it here. they receive feedback for a shield recharge sound opponent. It's is loud, providing too much information to where players are hiding. Dynamo grades provide audio hit tracks, allowing them to serve as audio hit markers and rank settings when grenade hit markers should be disabled. And then, grunt birthday sound effect is too quiet. Note reports of issues hearing players and shots behind you on certain headphones. And they also receive... And they go over more of the stuff. These act changes. And there's one specific change. I really want to highlight a lot. What's that? Feedback. Desire for more arena maps and
1: modes. Oh, yes. Yes. This... Oh, my God. This is like... I, I, I don't... I don't know how but they really need to add way more maps hell even remaster some maps i don't even care i haven't played the earlier Halo, so i'd love to try them out
0: even baby rubber duckies here agree you're a prick (laughs) anyways so we like all of you want more maps and mode to play and have a list of them we're working on for future releases For Season 2, we have an updated version of King of the Hill that you'll be able to play and matchmaking customs, along with being able to set it to Classic version. You'll also see a lot of updates to playlists, including the addition of the new Chaos Arena map and Attrition going into Quick Play. Over the season, our goal is to rotate in some new playlists with some fun variants we've been playtesting a lot recently.
1: So I heard that. In the background. Can I hear it? I don't know. One thing I would like, though, is, like, um you know, challenges and stuff. I'm not sure if they added this in because I haven't played in a little while, but I I wish there was a way you could see your uh, challenges in the pause menu during a multiplayer match.
2: Right. Because,
1: like, uh, I'd be able to know what to do. Like, if I forget, I don't have to, like... We'll literally write it down to remember it or we'll wait for the next map.
0: Right. But as for this, it doesn't give us a clear highlight as like rest sure we're gonna have more maps throughout season two. It's not just gonna be these two. I wish they said something about that. Like I'll just something research and say, hey, you there will be more maps throughout all of season two.
1: That's good.
0: But they didn't say that.
1: Oh, they didn't say sorry. Never mind.
0: (laughs) That's the thing; they did not say anything about more maps throughout season two. And that's what I would have liked to see, have seen, because they all give me faith. Okay, by the end of the season two, which these seasons last about three months, yeah, there could have been like mm, instead of the two maps at launch of season two, maybe six or eight maps. Mm-hmm. And that would have been very good to see, like, two maps roughly every month or so. That would have been great.
1: Yeah, that would be really good to see. Even one per month, that, that like, spending all of their effort on one map that's actually really good and has a lot of intricacy, um, you know, that you'd actually uh, be, you know, happy to play over and over again. You know, I wouldn't even mind that.
0: Yeah. um, 343, if you're watching this, just make a Neo 3D map, like, set in Japan. And so Alpaca could play it. And then maybe, I don't know, add some theming with Vocaloids or whatever. I don't know.
1: And if you're seeing this 343, um... First, uh, um, don't do what he said, also like and subscribe, anyways, um, uh, anyways, um, I don't know, I like a, a, an April Fool's map or something, I know it's past its prime right now, but I like a match on top of a, like a soda can, <laughs> I don't know. I'm looking at a soda can, I'm like, man, that would be a pretty cool Halo map. There's, like, a tab that's halfway bent upwards, and there's, like, a little hole to fall into. Hmm. I don't know.
0: I'm sure we'll save it for the forge mode, which there's going to be, like, actual, like, scripting and stuff you could do. Um, I think someone could actually make that.
1: I'm going to do that the moment it comes out, actually, now. <laughs> See how good it is for a Halo map. <laughs> Add, like, little, like, water droplets that you can swim in.
0: Literally, drop Add, that, yeah, drop that down a piece of paper or something, so that way you remember that when whenever Forge comes out.
1: I'm going to have a Forge map that's literally my desktop. It's a bunch of cans. <laughs> there's, like, a, t- there's a tiny lamp that you can turn on and, like, fry people with its death ray. Um... I don't know. There's, like, a few, like, wrappers from a candy bar. Yeah.
0: Let me see what else there is. Um. Again, look at Big Team Battle. Desire for more Big Team Battle maps and modes. Yes, please. And the feedback they dropped for that is we have some great Big Team Battle maps going through the their air tag. Wait. We have some great... Big Team Battle Maps going through the arding process at the moment, longest part of math development, that we're excited about releasing in Halo Infinite's future. For Season 2, we're dropping Breaker into the mix, which features a giant moving laser that cuts across the center of the map and destroys anything that gets caught in its beam. It's a tighter and faster play Big Team Battle Map that feels different than anything we currently have in Infinite. We're excited to play it with everyone in Big Team Battle right when Season 2 launches.
1: That sounds pretty cool. Yeah,
0: I I mean, imagine the scripting and you could take the laser from that map and apply it to the map you think of doing.
1: Oh, yeah. And it'll just be um, (laughs) me in the dark, shining a flashlight, waving it around as a cat's crawling on my back. (laughs) And it's just me screaming as, I don't know, Sadie is latched onto my uh, shoulder, clawing all the way up to my head. And as I fall over, the flashlight goes f- all the way up. Or no, 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 it's an actual laser pointer. And one of the cats jumps up on the desktop and swats and m- murders whoever's in that. And it's like, uh, it, like whoever's in it's like, uh, you know, wherever it's swiping. Hmm. But yeah, um... That would be
0: so cool. I'm just looking through all... I'm just quickly browsing through this and see if there's anything else I, I find that would be interesting. Like, apparently there's also a feedback that says many players like a reconnect slash rejoin or forfeit feature, especially if they ranked. Um... Hmm. Uh, apparently there's a desire for more player agencies to choose experiences via match, composer feature, or additional playlists. Um... Their desire for regional server selection. Or, I think I knew this was another common complaint with the desire to opt out of cross-play for various reasons.
1: Oh my god, no player collision uh, for movement. I want player collision. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it sucks meleeing somebody while also walking through them. Alright. I feel like it...
0: I don't know. Yeah, am just going through, it says desire for more adjustable game mode options to custom games. I mean, yeah, that'll kind of help. Desire for custom games browser. That's kind of cool. And here's another note, too. Desire for Ford to arrive as soon as possible, which I 100% agree. Yes. And let's see what they say on that one. It broke our hearts not to be a launch forge alongside the rest of Infinite, but ensure it meets the bar we're setting for it to achieve this massive overhaul the forge and in Infinite, just wasn't able to make it out before end of last year. It's very much another generational leap forward in what it will be capable of, and it brings with it many of the community's high requested features, which we believe will greatly empower the community to build a way more impressive and creative gameplay experiences inside Infinite. God. I mean, imagine this allowed you to build the Doki Doki Literature Club map, and we could troll our friends with it.
1: Yes, definitely. I, I can't wait. I can't wait to, like, have a giant pink, like, high school uh, thing. And, and, like, you can go into the high school and find a closet with uh, uh, spoilers in it. <laughs> yeah. Um. But other than
0: this, oh, there... Let's go look at the PC dedicated PC section, because this is what you would want to see. Feedback. Various reports of crash different hardware specs. Feedback. PC players would like better performance across all machines, especially on high-end machines.
1: Yes, yes. I don't know what's wrong with Halo Infinite. I could have a 3090 Ti and it couldn't reach 240 FPS. I swear to God, I could not play it at the full FPS. Mm-hmm like my my 1660 super was doing better than some rtx's and that's because i think like you have to set your minimum fps to the highest and then you'll be able to actually access those frames i don't know why it's so limited anyways you're saying
0: <laughs> and then as i mean well i i think we could probably skip through the feedback but it says like how we've analyzed in telemetry and partnering with the halo support team To identify and prioritize issues with the most impact in terms of severity and frequency, our internal builds have gotten much better in terms of stability as the team set out to fix common TDR, which is time detection and recovery, and other graphic crashes, and more. In total, the team has resolved dozens of crashes, and the impact should be quite noticeable when Season 2 launches, and our work will continue with all future releases. And then as for the better performance across all machines... Automation work that improves performance will be a constant goal for the team throughout the lifetime of the game. In turn, for Beyond Season Two, we've started a few focused effort, a new focus effort around optimizing the game while playing at high refresh rates, 120 plus frames. This will maintain the same visual quality bar whilst allowing players to bump their frame rate compared to what they get in Season One. And then there's also, get this. Desire for better anti-cheat measures, desire for better reporting process in-game, and desire for Red reticle to return on PC. And as for that, we know that cheating has been a hot issue for players since launch, and we're exploring a few ways to make meaningful impact in both the short and long term here. Our efforts are concentrated on two main areas where we have the biggest gaps in our approach. We are working to streamline the process of reporting players for cheating or toxic behavior and with a new in-game reporting flow, and we are evaluating several different situations for improving our ability to keep cheaters out of our game once we've detected them. As for the state of red article Red article on PC, we still believe that keeping this as is and making it harder to develop certain cheats is the right decision for the health of the game. Um... And then aiming. Discussed in Sandbox's aiming section below. And yeah, and... I guess they have a lot of things here. So much. That it's ridiculous. Like, I don't want to go through all of this. Like, there's a bunch of balance changes to the weapons if you wanted to take a look at this, too. Well,
1: I am looking at it, like, I'm glancing over most of it, and uh, one thing, they said the VK78 Commando, which uh, I actually have an item in VTube Studio for it, uh, it's this gun. Uh, Aiming with this gun, I didn't know that it was actually a real problem that other people have been experiencing, but this gun, every time I aimed it, oh my god, I felt like I was... I felt like I was a regular person shooting this weapon, not a super spartan, because it just felt so loose. And that's how it's described, even in this, like, this gun felt so terrible to aim with, and it just felt, like, all over the place. And aiming down sights, of course, you know, it aims you out, so, you know, you can't camp easily with it, but... Or, you know, it's to avoid camping and stuff. But... Oh, God that's one thing that I'm happy about because it was probably my favorite gun only because it was like the high damage you know I I actually didn't know it was fully automatic for some reason for a little while Mm. um I don't know I always thought it was pretty cool but it it had that issue where I felt like it was unwieldy at times but uh, anyways but I'm glancing through this I can tell they've added a lot Um, to this game. Like, they've done a lot more work on polishing the game to people's, uh, you know, desires. And they're actually taking their time while also still allowing people, of course, to enjoy the game. Um, Also, I'm not sure if they've addressed this at all, but the HUD elements, like, and your character, they are... A lower FPS than the actual games refresh rate sometimes like if you if you reload with a gun or you're shooting a gun you can notice that's a little more choppy than you than the actual game itself like your your arm that you're shooting with is choppier than the other than the actual game and although that's not a big issue in my opinion it kind of feels a little weird and that might also add to the VK78's, like, problem as well, because it's, like, uh, acting even weirder in your hand now. Um, I don't know, I just wanted to point that out. I don't know if they touched upon that throughout this entire thing, but but anyways, um, my opinion, yay. I'm glad that the dev team actually cares a little bit, you know, about their game instead of being like, <laughs> wait... <laughs> Wait, uh, how do we make more money? Let's add um, HUD elements to our game. Let, let's add custom HUD displays that look like terribly cropped out PNGs. Looking at Call of Duty Vanguard. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm just very critical about that game because I don't know.
0: And also, Maybe it's because the game that's in charge of the company that makes that
1: game. Yeah, and the fact that I get stuck on uh, Numa Numa all the time. <laughs>
0: all right. But looking at the feedback, I mean, it is good to see that 343 is addressing a, a good chunk of the concerns that people have had with the game. The only thing that sucks is the fact that the map outflow from what we're seeing here is really slow, and if they can't get that fixed, then the player can the concurrent player count of the game is going to keep slowly phasing out which would not be a good look for a game that both of us have enjoyed playing
1: Yeah, I've enjoyed this game for the time being but I stopped playing it because um, it just feels a bit too dry for me Like it literally feels like a glass of champagne at times how dry it is Um, it feels like I just ate uh, kfc biscuit <laughs> um sometimes with it with how lacking of content sometimes it, it feels like um, another thing was like I, I do like the in-game reporting system being a bit more fleshed out because I had to go to like the website the support site to report somebody that takes way too much time and what if I don't know their gamer tag by the time I'm done, I'm about to report them. And I'm like, what was their gamer tag again? Was it 78 or 87
0: or... Uh, right, and then a rubber ducky right appears on your screen just trying to screw everything over.
1: Yeah, and then, um, I don't know. I don't know, there was this, like, guy I saw. He was, uh, he had zero deaths. And I was like, that can't be right. Wow. And there's also some, like, uh, degenerate. um, I teabagged him because he was being a a prick. And I don't know. (laughs) I'm not calling him out specifically, but... My God. (laughs) He got so salty because I teabagged him. (laughs) And then he, like... I don't know. Right. Threatened me with a lot more than just rubber ducks.
0: <laughs> yeah, sounds like he... uh Yeah, that, those people always suck. The, not Anyways. the rubber duck threateners, but...
1: They also sucks <laughs> being hyped for something that never existed.
0: Mm-hmm. Now we get to re all of the script that we initially planned on for the week. This That first article mostly a bonus, but that's going to be the longest thing in the video. My God.
1: Six gigabytes worth of nothing. Mm-hmm.
0: So, ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot of insight here about what's been going on with band because this is the something that I remembered I'll pack up for a while I kept getting very curious about what in the world has been going on with this game.
1: Yeah, I, um you know, I was thinking about Abandoned, we mentioned it once, and like, I was like, oh, Abandoned, and then like, a few people that I, you know, I watch on YouTube, were like, wow, this trailer for Abandoned, wow, it's out, but why the hell is it six gigabytes, and why is it like, just a few seconds, and why does it feel like this was hyped up to to be much more than it really is, and then like, I'm just, like... Every once in a while, I'll hearken back to it and I'll be like... Damn, I wonder if that game is actually in development still. Or if it's, like, actually a, a joke. <laughs> um, yeah. And, like... I mean... Uh, but finding out what I know now... I wish the trailer was that... Instead of that figure walking out of the doorway... I wish it was just, like, this terrible... Um, terribly compressed to video of it T-posing out the hallway. I would rather have that than what we got.
0: Yeah. So, if we take a look here, uh, this is from Lance McDonald, who's been following the situation for a while. And says, he says, according to this, Blue Box Game have now deleted most tweets that describe specific future plans for their game abandoned. Three months ago, they said there would be a playable demo soon. And also previously tweeted a lie but the reason the trailer app was 6GB was because it actually contained way more footage, but it just needed a small patch to fix a tech issue. After many months passed, all these tweets have been deleted. I don't think that game ever existed. A lot of people seem confused as to why PlayStation marketed this game so heavily. All any developers are allocated a certain amount of marketing opportunity by PlayStation. Blue Box just blew the entire marketing load on pre-teaser hype and now have gone flaccid.
1: One might presume the game was
0: abandoned. Right. Um. And now we're in a situation too, which Hassan, who is one of the lead designers of the game, actually has been messaging certain YouTubers like Dreamcast guy.
1: And oh yeah, Dreamcast guy. That yeah. video. Yeah. Yeah, that was so sketchy. Let's talk about that.
0: Yeah. Like. I have to see if I can load the video up.
1: Uh, well uh, to give a like a small conclusion of it, uh, with, with the like Dreamcast guy, um, Hassan like this is all alleged because even though it's right there on black and white, I'm just gonna say alleged. Um allegedly he Dreamcast guy was contacted by Hassan and um You know, I was, like, talking about the game, and, you know, and then, I I don't know, he was was bringing up certain stuff. But, um... Out of all the people contacting smaller YouTubers, I guess, and whatnot, I don't know. It's just, like, it was weird, it was sketchy, and he was, like, offering, like, uh, which, you know, in my opinion, felt a bit like a bribe-like we'll give you a signed copy of the game or give you a gold edition for free or something. And he was like, yeah, well, actually, if you want to do me a favor, um, actually release the game and show me that it's actually being worked on and then we'll talk. <laughs> I don't know. It's like... Yeah. It was, it was weird and like... But yeah, it's... Apparently... It's... Not really in development, but we don't know, actually. And now
0: there's actually video interviews with Hassan, Uh, IGN actually interviewed Hassan as well. What's that? I hadn't watched the entire thing myself, or uh, rather I hadn't, but I saw an interview on IGN pop up about this, so maybe we could talk about that next episode.
1: Sure, because, like, I'm intrigued about it, but honestly, I mean, I was intrigued about the concept of the game because it was so, like, hush-hush that I don't even actually really know what it was about, and, um, you know, I I remember, if I remember correctly, like, it kind of reminded me of, like, Resident Evil 8 and 7, with like more like it's more of like a action sort of adventure sort of drama instead of it being horror, but it's also not really. I don't know. It. it uh, I don't know. I remember seeing this guy with a nineteen eleven in a forest, and he was running around. It was like screenshots. It wasn't a video, but. I don't know. Anyways, um, all I could say is is if this, if this game exists then and it's just being slowly turned out on a $0 budget by um I don't know by like a skeleton crew I'd love to at least kind of see how it's going but mm. whatever I guess you know but if it's not and it's kind of you know if cuz it's not Schrodinger's cat it's not it it can't both not exist and exist at the same time. If there's some files out there on a computer somewhere that, you know, it exists, I'm all happy to see it, because, like, I wonder what this game was gonna be. Mm. And if it's, you know... But also, another thing that I was I was concerned about was, uh... What if PlayStation got pissed at Blue Box, and they're now going through a secret lawsuit or something, like... Uh, Like, what if that's the case? That's that's what kind of concerns me. Because, like, what if PlayStation was kind of just, like, you fucked up and now we're suing you sort of stuff? Right. Uh, Allegedly. I don't know. I'm just speculating, theorizing, not saying stuff bluntly like it's the truth. It's not the truth. I'm just assuming or guessing up random scenarios that could be. Yeah. But one of them is true. Or it's a like a you know allegedly a scam I guess or something I don't know whatever
0: mm-hmm. and also too if Hassan randomly sees our show for no apparent reason I mean hey we'd be happy to have you as a guest and we could talk all about this
1: I would love to talk about it at least because like it's such a intriguing thing to me even though it's personally I think it's best to it actually be abandoned, like nobody thinks about it. <laughs> if it's like actually going through developing hell, because yeah. then when it actually does come out, we'll be like, "The fuck is it?" <laughs> Anyways,
0: it could be like a Final Fantasy fifteen situation or whatever. Maybe yeah, but speaking, going back to PlayStation again. Oh yeah. Yeah. They re- they're going to uh, they have announced that starting in June they're revamping how PlayStation Plus works. So pretty much what's going on here is that PlayStation Now, which is like so which is pretty much GaiKai and what they've done is getting merged with PlayStation Plus because PlayStation Now hasn't really been doing the best. Everyone mm. just assumes that you just stream all the games, but they actually added ability for, to download games. So, yeah. But, due to that, they're actually re, they're combining PlayStation Plus with PlayStation Now. And what they're essentially doing is just keeping the PlayStation Plus name. So it's nice that they're keeping it more consistent. But let's just talk about what they're doing here for these tiers and how it's actually working. Because we We've talked about some rumors of this for a while now, known as Project Spartacus. It's finally here. Woo. And now we can oh, talk yeah. about it. So here's what's happening. PlayStation Plus Essential. This is what we got now for PlayStation Plus. It is, you get your two monthly downloadable games, some exclusive discounts, cloud storage, online multiplayer access, it's your standard tier so if you have playstation plus now this is what you're getting Mm -hmm. and then we get to the new tier one of the two new tiers playstation plus extra this is this provides all the benefits from the essential tier plus adds a catalog of up to 400 of the most enjoyable ps4 and ps5 games including blockbuster hits from our PlayStation Studios catalog and third-party partners. Games in the extra tier are downloadable for play. So this is not streaming. So this aspect this kind of reminds me a bit of Game Pass.
1: That's yeah, very Game Pass like. Hmm? Well, except Game... it, yeah. until you get to the last category. Oh, and it'll be uh for US dollars, it'll be 15 monthly, 40 quarterly, and $100 a year.
0: Yeah. So uh, it's $30 more if you want to get extra. Yeah. But um, yeah, this seems like very Game Pass, like, minus if you go to Ultimate where you could stream the games. Mm-hmm. However, now we get to talk about premium. And this is the big tier that everyone is comparing with Ultimate and whatnot. This has all the benefits from Essential and Extra, plus adds up to 340 additional games, including PS3 games, which we're going to come back to that later. And a catalog of beloved classic games available in both streaming and download options from the original PlayStation, PS2, and PSP generations. Offers cloud streaming access for original PlayStation, PS2, PSP, and PS4 games offered in the extra and premium tiers in markets where PlayStation now is currently available. Customers can stream games using PS4 and PS5 consoles and PC. And they will also offer time limited game trails. So I'm sure you can figure out what that is. And this is $17.99 monthly, $49.99 quarterly, and $119.99 yearly. Now, I want to come back to the PS3 part for one reason. These games are only available via cloud streaming. You cannot download PS3 games.
1: Snake had a hard life. (laughs) Sorry,
0: Metal Gear Solid 4, if it ever gets added to the service
1: it better be day 1 cuz like that game is exclusive to the ps3. Mm-hmm. I.
0: Now supposedly from what I've read as well, um supposedly they according to, like inside like Jeff Grubb or whatever, they have been mentioning something about P- Sony developing a playstation 3 emulator. What? But, but I don't know if that's again, this is speculation, but I don't want to delve too much into that. But it would have yeah. if, but if that actually is true, it would have been nice to have included it in this whole thing. Mm. Like I mentioned, hey, this feature will be coming eventually, but that's not the case.
1: Also, where's the Vita? <laughs> I don't know. I just noticed that. Where's the Vita? <laughs> Anyways, I guess it
0: just wasn't successful enough. And Sony's eyes are like, now nah, we're not including this, which is weird though. Oh man, that's sad. I mean, I think it seemed like a good chunk of the games that the Vita had were ported out of the system already. Yeah, so, yeah that's why they didn't include it. But here's another thing though minor side market there. They're also doing another tier called PlayStation Plus Extra, and this is only in selected markets that don't have cloud streaming. And it's, it's pretty much PlayStation Plus premium, but without the cloud streaming, and it'll be available for a slightly cheaper price. Oh. But that this means that the United States will not get that tier, and that's only for like lower income markets. I see. But
1: what do you think of this setup here? Um, well, um, yeah, I mean, can we talk about the contrast from extra and premium? Like the pricing, I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, you pay like, okay, so 15, 18, so you pay $3 more. Um, or, you know, $20 more for the yearly or, you know, yeah, 10 for the quarterly. Why would you, like, honestly, why would you ever pick extra over premium unless you really don't like the older games, like, you know, um, and cloud streaming? Uh, I I don't know, it's just, like, I don't want to save three bucks just to, like, not not play, 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 PlayStation 3 games, (laughs) sorry, um, I don't know, but I know that, a lot of companies do this they release something like you know like with the uh, with the graphics card thing with nvidia i know that the uh contrast from a 3090 to uh 30 like uh, the contrast from a 3080 to a 3070 that's why they added the 3070 ti and 3080 ti is to like be, be like, well, now what, what do you want to pay? Do you want to pay $100 more for the step up? Or do you want to still, you know, save 100 bucks for the step down? But it's, I mean, it's better than the other one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's better than the highest one, I guess. I don't know. Um, Overall, though, hey, it's kind of just Game Pass for PlayStation. And honestly, I, I don't mind. I mean, and I, I don't mind, but... Oh, also, uh, uh, what did it say? Uh, let me look at this. Oh, yes, here it is. Offers cloud streaming access for original, PS2, uh, portable, and PS4, um, where PlayStation Now is currently available. Customers can stream games using PlayStation 4, 5, and PC. I need to buy this, and I can play... A PlayStation game, PlayStation Three game on my PC, without emulation, and you know, other things. I guess. I don't know. Just I was like uh, that intrigued me because like, holy crap, I can do that. But I'd also need like a controller. So, uh, anyways, um. I mean, you guys happy have... about this? But I mean, Yeah,
0: you can get yourself a DualShock Four or DualSense from, like, Walmart or wherever, you'll be fine.
1: Yeah. But overall, I'm happy about this. Hey, everyone gets to enjoy older titles if they get the premium, and they get to enjoy all the benefits of, I don't know, now, as well as Plus, mm. but in a, in a tiered service, instead of the two separate services Mm. now it's three but they're more uniform because playstation plus versus now i mean what is playstation now what does that mean now it's in tiers so it's like do you want the lower end or the higher end instead of it being like do you want these two different services or do you want these three different services that uh the only difference is the word at the end of them and what they give you so now it's less confusing for more people, I guess, or for like you know, Timmy, yeah, and his you know parents who don't understand this newfangled technology, <laughs> I guess.
0: <laughs> right, but there. But you mentioned Game Pass, and that you may be right. But there's one aspect about Game Pass that this service is not doing. Game uh, Pass has first party releases day and date. Sony's not doing that.
1: And Game Pass has PC games. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no. I I did kind of realize that when you mentioned it. it, Does this include... You know... It it says at launch we plan to include titles. But... That's translation for backlog. Yeah. I noticed the way that was structured was more or less we plan to but hey, if we don't that's okay. We'll just like release it down the line. Mm-hmm. And
0: yeah. oh, how <laughs> Sony has been treating their PC ports, it's like gonna be like about a year after the service, a year after the game launches will be added on the service.
1: Yeah. All right, then.
0: But overall, I mean, this is a nice little change. I mean, for myself, I don't know what tier. I'm, I'm probably going to likely stay with Essential.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because, I mean, I am a Game Pass dweeb. Mm-hmm. I kind of got, I have Ultimate, and it's a better value for myself, who has a PC and a console, because I can just use the same service up across both platforms. Yeah, no shame in it, I guess. But I mean, I wouldn't mind trying this service out. I mean, just to have it would be pretty cool. Yeah. But oh yeah, I mean, another sixty dollars for me. I I'm not sure if I feel like splurging like another thirty or sixty dollars a
1: year. No, I I just try premium yeah. once, and if I don't like it, if I had a PlayStation, of course, or if the PC uh, cloud streaming stuff was. You know, okay, like you know, if it was zero or very like indistinguishable with input lag and stuff, because I know that's a problem with cloud gaming. Yeah, I heard that will it. never be really resolved yeah. until we have like fiber internet across the entire world. I guess
0: right. So I did hear the cloud streaming on, yeah, you know, Sony side is not the greatest. I mean, compare if you compare it to like Stadia or XCloud, it's inferior but i mean with sony partnering with microsoft to per- increase for support of cloud streaming it could be better down the road
1: they just better not release their exclusives on cloud gaming only Anyway, sorry no worries however there is some un- a change to a certain very popular
0: game that we just have to talk about oh yes and we're going to take a look at over here at the Fortnite zero build mode that, you know, is actually being a permanent addition. Now, we did talk about this previously in the last episode where we talked about how they were temporarily going to remove building in Fortnite. But now they're actually making it a permanent Addition that you can just toggle on and off. Like, if you want to go to regular build mode, you can. Do you want to go to zero build mode? You can.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you can see right um, here from the Fortnite zero build article that, as you can see, it just describes exactly what we've been doing. Zero build.
1: Yeah, and apparently it's going to be there for at least some time so i don't think it'll be like a limited edition but i also don't think it'll be like permanent permanent of course
0: well it's actually the menu i actually checked it i actually played it myself oh okay it's actually the menu that you just go and you're like oh just tap zero build oh
1: All right, well, never mind.
0: And even if you go to the Fortnite on Twitter, you say, Building is back, play your way, sprint, climb, smash your way to a victory royale, whether you choose to build in Fortnite Battle Royale or go no builds in the new Fortnite Zero build. Oh, okay. Which implies, yeah, this is an actual permanent mode.
1: You know, it's also permanent the Diamond Pony Glider. Sorry.
0: So you know what's permanent? A permanent feature of the show now? I
1: I will click that disconnect button, you fucking
2: <laughs>
1: How's life? How's life, huh? Hi. Goodbye. <laughs> Anyways.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. What do you think of no build actually being, you know, a... actual thing that's staying in the game?
1: Uh, it's fine. Boomer's Rejoice. I hated the building aspect. Woo! I could not get used to it. Woo! Uh, but, Drink boy, anyways, boys! Uh, yeah. Personally, I don't really care, though, because I don't play it, but I don't know. It's just, it's a thing, I guess, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. It is a thing. But oh, yeah. Be great, because then that means myself and Alpaca, whenever we do decide to play Fortnite again, can actually get good.
1: Yeah, I guess so. It's good.
0: And also, Get good, also too.
1: Uh, Sorry, <laughs>
0: Xbox Cloud Game Publishing Division. You know, Xbox is doing a new thing where they had unveiled a new publishing division focused on cloud-native games. And what? Yeah, and then they say that Portal and Left for Dead developer Kim Swift is leading the new organization.
1: How do you have a cloud game that's also native?
0: Well, native to the cloud.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. So it's not like, here's uh, cloud gaming, which is literally just an offshoot of, I don't know, GeForce Now or something. Mm. So it's like Xbox cloud gaming. So it'll be a little bit less uh, input lag from, you know, translating from, you know, I don't know, Steam cloud and whatnot, I guess. Right.
0: Yeah. So you can see here, according to Microsoft, the division works with studios to develop cloud native titles and bring them exclusively to the Xbox ecosystem. Division led by Kim Swift, who joined Xbox last year as cloud gaming director swift wrote to the province as the project lead, lead and designer Valve's portal before working as a designer and artist on left for dead and sequel was more recently game design director at stadia so he pretty much took someone that was from stadia microsoft at least did and, yeah and a present. Um, are you gonna say
1: yeah and uh i think that would I think that's a good decision, actually, just because, like, even though Stadia was a bit of a, you know, a mess, having somebody who's leading the team that's, you know, a a design director at Stadia, I mean, I think that would be pretty all right, you know, having somebody who who knows what they're doing, you know, especially, like, game design, because, like, um, working around input lag, sort of stuff, that would also help, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, being able to design a game to be uh, to decrease the time it takes to push a button and things happening, you know? Stuff like that. Right. But, yeah. Anyways.
0: Yeah, so as you can see here, the console of Cloud Native Game differed somewhat from simply streaming games to a player's display using something Game Pass or places now. While well, technically this counts as cloud native because it relies on remote servers, these servers are still mainly running games that were designed for home consoles, which would provide identical performance if installed locally. And says Swift explained that the division's mandate is to partner with world class game development teams to develop cloud native games to bring unprecedented experiences to players that can only be achieved with cloud technology. It says, Instead, cloud native games use the cloud to process certain parts of the game, such as physics, lighting, environments, or AI. And it says this has a number of potential uses, such as freeing up processing power on a home console or making sure that players joining an online world can get all the same synchronized experience. So if you think about it, they also mentioned that early example this is the multiplayer Wrecking Zone mode in Crackdown 3, which uses the cloud to process destruction physics, allowing players to blow up enormous buildings without any drop-in performance. So the idea of cloud-native games is that it allows people... It allows the cloud to process parts of the game.
1: That's pretty interesting. Because I, I know like... Um, like- Portions of the game, not not like the entire game, because like uh, nowadays or like you know with game streaming, hanging on a really more powerful computer than any of us would ever have in real life, to our computer, and if our computer at least can output a display and you know uh, you know stream good enough, I guess you know download. Uh, the, you know, what's the incoming packets and stuff, we can literally run like decades-old computers playing the latest games because all of the actual horsepower is being put on a server somewhere out there. And your internet connection, of course. So handling half of the workload, it's like it's like a you know, it's like using um, uh, it's like using a uh, you know graphics card to stream instead of your CPU. Mm. Because your CPU, like with NVIDIA, um, they the NVENC encoders. They're usually a separate part of the GPU. It barely uses any of the actual GPU. It uses its own encoder, and instead of using your CPU, which you know, if you have an archaic or older CPU, you know, it, it might be a little bit more of a struggle. So, that's an interesting way of uh, achieving, like, a cloud native. I, I, I like the idea of that. It's like a hybrid almost, you know?
0: Yeah, so in other words, like, if you wanted to process destructible environments, which would definitely be very taxing. Yeah, this allows you to potentially free up space by st- essentially streaming the, the ability to do it, and as you'll see okay. here, uh, he mentioned things like cloud gaming is still infancy," said in her presentation. And at the time when Netflix was formed, internet speeds were not what they needed in order to send packets fast enough to support streaming. So it said they sent physical packets in the mail in the form of DVDs, and they had to wait for technology to catch up with their vision, but they were ready for it. Swift says she sees the future of cloud gaming falling into three separate categories, Ubiquity, Cloud AI, and runtime calculations. According to Swift, Ubiquity is the ability to stream games on any device, even though that wouldn't be powerful enough to run them natively, And then, which is the lone hanging fruit for cloud content. Cloud AI will advance what developers can do by using technology like machine learning, natural language processing, and reinforcement learning. As well, this could lead to benefits for players in the shape of things like more convincing NPCs. It could also lead to useful tools for developers such as the ability to create QA bots, which can use machine learning to test games on a huge scale, toxicity detection and filters, and using machine learning to improve games that have procedurally generated features. All right, done. So, in other words, um, we can use the cloud to create rubber duck bots that could test the games on a huge scale.
1: Yeah, and you could uh, end up providing, uh, you know, quality quality assurance feedback and saying that. Um, no stop using ducks for your NPCs. What is this? <laughs> like, it, I think I remember watching a, a video from Vsauce. There is a phobia that somewhere out there in the woods, there is a duck watching you from, you know, your window. And that's a real phobia. And now... I just realized it might be the same exact thing except for rubber ducks. So. That's my feedback for in and a for for quality assurance. Um, Anyways. Yeah, so... uh,
0: They say, finally, runtime calculations could be used to increase horsepower at runtime, leading to improved graphics, rendering AI agents, randomization for crowd scenes, for example, destruction effects, or as Swift puts it, all the things. And they say, and she says, I really think this is what people think of when they hear cloud gaming. At one point, I was working on a cloud title and was asked the question, how do we build massive concurrent scale for players and make it that more engaging? How can we have more players in a space than we've ever seen before? And these areas that definitely require longer term investment, but we're excited to start looking forward and driving what that possibility space could be. And yeah, that's what they have to we have to say about that. So I mean yeah. this seems like this could be really cool if they could push this cloud native thing for mm-hmm. like obviously streaming games could potentially be a future, but imagine if you had like servers for certain aspects of the game that you know, like say maybe the Xbox Series X or the PS5 couldn't handle, like destruction or very complex things. And this could be especially be useful for MMOs, too. Oh yeah. Like especially if we have um, the, if we make the rubber duck MMO, that'll be great.
1: Yeah, um, and then we'll uh, you know cancel it for uh, you know um, existing <laughs> uh, digitally and physically. <laughs> um, kind of like how E three got canceled this year.
0: Yeah, of course. so as we'll get into so we scroll down here um so probably what happened here is that the esa shared an official statement with IGN confirming e3 2022's cancellation announcing an e3 return in 2023 with a reinvigorated showcase We will devote all our energy and resources to delivering a revitalized physical and digital E3 experience next summer. Whether enjoyed from the show floor or your favorite devices, the 2023 showcase will bring the community, media, and industry back together in an all-new format and interactive experience. We look forward to presenting E3 to fans around the world, live from Los Angeles in 2023. And they say they're going to focus all its efforts on the 2023 show. So what do you think of the news that E3 is going to
1: get canceled this year? Um, well, I think it's more of the same. Um, yeah, Like when, when I mentioned it beforehand about how E3 is kind of just like a in a, in a sense with, with no no offense intended. Um, Personally, I, I uh, think E3 kind of just become like a you know, an ad you know, you know ads that are fair to you. I don't feel like it's uh, worth being there anymore because it's you know I mean I mean like they're showing like uh older like footage and um like I think I just I saw somebody like um shaking hands with Shigeru Miyamoto in a Nintendo 64 shirt and I'm like wow oh my god that like what that's pretty cool um I mean, but now it's kind of like, do I really have to be in the flesh anymore? I can just watch from my home.
0: I think we're thinking of. Um, I think the Game Awards has that worse than E three because E three I rarely see any other ads besides like the showcases.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Like personally, I I've ran into like, um, so many like. Uh, the truth ads for like anti-smoking so that oh. that's what i mean mostly
0: yeah that's where <laughs> you're gonna find that at, like you're thinking of the game awards because that's where you find all of that i'd never really see that e3 uh,
1: okay i don't know um there have been cool things that happened at e3 but uh, whatever i don't know i'm i'm <sighs> yeah i don't know I think for us, just...
0: I mean, here's the thing though. For us, at least, like, yeah, you know, for just the consumer side who only wants to focus on just hearing game announcements. Yeah. This doesn't really matter that much for us who only want to see game announcements. It more so yeah. comes down to the convention goers and the fact that these conventions actually lead to developer negotiations. Mm. This is the side that not many people realize. This is where developers can meet up and get ideas down like here's a th- funny thing if it w- here's a proper example I know of and this happened for a reason too and while it's not E3 it's what I know of the reason why Sora got into Smash was because Sak- Sakurai himself met with one of the Disney guys at a gaming convention oh so if you think of oh, that's
1: this- interesting
0: yeah so if it wasn't for the fact there's a gaming convention that facilitated the opportunity for developers to meet up, then this wouldn't happen. then that would probably wouldn't have happened..
1: Uh, yeah, So mm. you're
0: reducing the opportunity for developers to meet up by quite a bit. And granted, I, we know that E3 has been kind of in hot water for a few years, mostly, especially if you remember back when there was a leak that happened with data and everything from E3. Okay. Fair. Data leaks happened and all of their stuff. E3 has been in somewhat hot water, especially, too, with the fact that they haven't been generating as much revenue or whatever as they, as they would have liked. The SA probably is thinking... Um, we should probably try. We need, they want to make sure E3 comes out with a bang. Yeah. Obviously, with the announcement being so late, I haven't heard really any co- real confirmation about developers being there. It makes sense mm-hmm. to cancel because why would you announce an event in like like two months before it actually happens and then have to give developers so little time to plan around that? yeah so I hear you. so get ready to plan around what summer games pass is gonna be like and cause that's that's all Jeff Keeley who does the game awards so have fun with your true social ad uh, that's the wrong thing have fun with those those anti-vaping ads
1: yeah um also I realized that uh the person who wrote this article her Twitter handle is Duck Valentine. I know you picked this article specifically because of that. You son of a bitch.
0: I you know it's funny that I did not even intend that to be the case, but that's just a funny thing.
1: I'm sure. I'm truly sure that's what you didn't intend. <laughs> I, I'm truly, truly <laughs> sure not what you intended um hi um and also uh one of the artists for like the helmet on ghostwire tokyo has a book and i literally saw that book at the library when i was when i was renting those dvds <laughs> misakao rocks <laughs> me no misako misakao what the fuck am i saying uh, anyways, sorry. I, I was just looking at the, at the bottom of the thing. Anyways, um, no. Anyways, you're on. son of a bitch. Let's move on to Nintendo. Yeah. Uh,
0: uh, their biggest game of the year got delayed.
1: Oh, uh, great. Um,
0: and we don't really talk. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so we don't usually talk about game delays very much. But for the sake of, you know, the fact that this game is going to have a massive impact on the Nintendo Switch when it comes out, likely mm-hmm. means that this is something worth talking about.
1: Oh, yeah, certainly. Um,
0: Especially since the original Breath of the Wild got game of the year.
1: Yeah, and you can only imagine what. Um what standards, what, like, you know, what, um, what their expectations, you know, eh, eh, you know, what, what they want to, um, you know, put into the sequel considering game of the year is not an easy, you know, not an easy feat, you know.
0: So what they're doing essentially to make this game more ambitious is that they're allowing you to traverse the sky. So think of like, you know how in Skyward Sword you have like the Skyloft? Yeah. Think of like having Breath of the Wild's world, but then you have Sky Islands on top of it.
1: That would be pretty cool, actually. Oh my god.
0: So that's what they're doing. And on top of it, too, like- they're gonna allow you to they have a mechanic where they have this arm magic arm or whatever that like to traverse through like platforms and stuff like that. So you can like, So if it's like a hard platform or whatever, and you're like a cliff, or whatever. You could just use this magic green arm Enhance whatever to just go through the platform.
1: Oh, and so I can no clip in Breath of the Wild too.
0: Kinda. If you watch, <laughs> if you watch the trailer that they have in the Twitter feed here, you can see exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, it's like a few seconds long, so it's not. It won't take you too long. But.
1: A delayed game is eventually good, but a rushed game is forever bad. Looking at you, Cyberpunk. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well,
0: hey, if you want to look at Cyberpunk, here it is. Have fun. <laughs> but yeah, Denise, if you? if you saw what I meant by the fact that he had, like, like, sipping through the clip, the clip or whatever.
1: Oh yeah, I'm looking at 45, but also in the skies above.
0: So yeah, that's literally what they mean. They're adding, they're pretty much adding Sky Islands on top of the Breath of the Wild world.
1: Whoa! Link literally, like, he-, he created a portal. Like, it it it's literally like a water sort of like he t- he turned water into a or he turned the land into, like, water for a second and crawled out, like... Whoa, that's so freaking cool, actually. I mean...
0: I mean, Breath it's of the like, Wild 1 was already a very innovative game to the open-world genre. It, it, it has made significant, like, impacts. So seeing what this game could do, especially when it comes out in spring 2023, with some extra polish from this delay... This is gonna be a FANTASTIC game!
1: I can already tell that part of it influenced, uh, Kirby in the Forgotten World. And I know a lot of games out there nowadays have strived to... ...not in a sense copy, but be very similar to its gameplay.
0: Oh yeah, I should've gotten that Kirby game too, because I know how much you love the car.
1: I I still have that photo of Kirby. Let, let me find it. I you, should, you can continue on.
0: Yeah, because I know that you want, you would have wanted to see a live clip of me holding my Nintendo Switch with Kirby inhaling a car.
1: Suck. Oh no, that's Pog Kirby. <laughs> Pog Champ Kirby. Ah. <laughs> uh, but, Anyways. But yeah, this is gonna I
0: think this will overall be a good thing for this game because they're Nintendo's track record with delays usually. It's not like say a
1: <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. In April. In April. Christmas in July. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> but I think, yeah, I mean, unlike certain other games who've also gotten delayed and still sucked, I'm looking at you, Cyberpunk. Yeah. Even though I actually enjoyed the game.
1: Looking at you, Minecraft. Oh, wait. Shit. <laughs> uh, Minecraft's actually that...
0: a good game, though.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, looking at you, Roblox. Wait. <laughs> what? Anyways, sorry. Uh, looking at you, uh... Half-Life 3. Wait, that still hasn't come out yet.
0: Looking at you, Duke Duke Nukem Forever.
1: (laughs) Best example! Best example! (laughs) It's time to kick ass and chew bubblegum. Man, I'm all out of gum. (laughs) I would love to have John St. John fucking read me a a bedtime story. <laughs>
0: You're right. I would
1: love to have him on the show.
0: There's a lot of people I'd love to have on the show. I mean, we all know how much we love to have Elon Musk on this show. That'd be freaking amazing.
1: It, I, I, you know, that that would be amazing. But I feel like we wouldn't be able to compre- comp- we would be so dumb compared to him that we couldn't comprehend him to the point where like his topics they talks about they would be so advanced for our tiny minds I mean, also we get a Tesla from him
0: I mean I would not be opposed to having really advanced topics on the show
1: Yeah, me neither
0: we get all knowledge from this guy too, which would that guy would be amazing.
1: Also, I'd love to own a Tesla flamethrower.
0: Oh right. The boring company flamethrowers. God, if only they were still more being made, I I'd have one.
1: Yeah. Apparently that airsoft gun that I showed you the flamethrower was based on it. It wasn't based on the flamethrower it's the weirdest thing anyways
0: but yeah back to actually making an episode and actually making meaningful commentary because we have to talk about how Bungie is filing a lawsuit to punish senders of fake Destiny DMCA notices
1: oh yes yes oh my god this is like yeah, yeah, this was this I didn't really want to talk about it too much, but yes, this is like this is uh, this is amazing because this just shows that the copyright system with YouTube some people are more than just YouTubers taking notice. Bungie is pissed. I know they're pissed <laughs> um. Yeah.
0: uh. So you can see here, a little over a week ago, a number of Destiny contact creators on DMCA notices filed against our videos on YouTube, claimed they abridged copyright. Bungie denied having anything to do with the claims and promised to investigate. A copyright lawsuit filed in Washington now reveals that Bungie is serious about making an example of the culprits. And they say how notices of infringement sent by right holders under the Digital Millennium Copyright Act are supposed to identify infringing content so that online services can remove it, thus protect the rightful owners. Increasingly, however, a minority of online actors view DMCA notices as a tool to disrupt and disappear content that isn't infringing at all. A little over a week ago, person's unknown began sending DMCA notices to YouTube claiming that the targeted content infringes the rights of game developer Bungie. Working on the basis that the notices were legitimate, YouTube reviewed, removed the videos, some of which were uploaded by high-profile Destiny content creators. Other notices targeted Bungie's own channels.
2: Uh-huh.
0: At least initially, confusion reigned, and it, said, it tells how Bungie supported fan created content and has a policy that specifically allows videos to be uploaded to YouTube. So why would the creator of Destiny damaging itself and its fans? And it said it wasn't. We're aware of a series of copyright taketales on YouTube and we're actively investigating. This c- includes content on our own Bungie channels. These actions are not being taken at the request of Bungie or our partners. Please stand by for, for future updates. And here's a funny thing. Bungie's a PlayStation developer now, so this is makes it even more... Uh, I mean, it's a misplaced observation, but think about it.
1: Yeah. Um. Well,
0: it's kind of like, that Bungie essentially is Sony's version of how Microsoft treats Mojang. Mm hmm. Leave it alone, like su- suffice to its own things.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know what's funny is the fact that it was Bungie's own channel that, you know, got it, they got it striked. I think it's kind of hilarious. It's like that. Um, trust no one, not even yourself, and it's like a guy sitting at a computer desk and the same guy is holding a gun to the back of that guy's head.
0: (laughs) Right. And then late last week, Bungie issued another statement revealing that the takedown notices were sent from a fraudulent Google account that was crafted to mimic anti-piracy partner CSC. Google eventually terminated the account, began reversing the fraudulent takedowns while removing copyright strikes against YouTube users. Bungie went on to criticize Google for processing the fake doses, but noted that the company had agreed to implement improvements to reduce such mistakes in the future. There's a chaos aside then, Bungie and Google acted to clean up the mess, but it's now clear that Bungie isn't prepared to let this go. In a relatively unusual move, the developer has filed a full-blown lawsuit in the United States to identify the culprits and hold them to account. Since late Friday, Bungie filed a lawsuit in Washington court against John Doe's 1-10, the currently anonymous senators of the fraudulent DMCA notices. The 29-page complaint begins with allegations of abuse notices sent under the DMCA and then lists five additional causes of action, including trademark abuse and violations of consumer protection law. The lawsuit states that the bogus copyright complaints not only disrupted Bungie's player community and streamers, but also caused Bungie itself nearly incalculable damage that that explains that the weaknesses in YouTube's system means that these types of abuse are easily carried out. Doe defendants were able to send fraudulent notices because of a hole in YouTube's DMCA process security, which allows any person to claim to be representing any rights holder in the world for purposes of issuing a DMCA takedown. In other words, as far as YouTube is concerned, any person anywhere in the world can issue takedown notices on behalf of any rights holder anywhere. Yeah.
1: So, um... I mean... This stuff happens all the time. You know, and... Like, no offense, but... I feel like YouTube doesn't... You know, like... They know... That... It's an issue, but they're treating it like it's not that bad. Um like I don't know it just feels and it's really easy to do this you know like if you like and the thing is is that most of YouTube is run by you know AI it's run by AI created to you know do what you know other employees could do and it's but this AI doesn't really understand what context is that's the difference between a human and uh you know an AI at least nowadays is it doesn't understand what context is. You have to apply that context and make sure it understands that, you know. And um, as far as uh, you know, with with Bungie, um, um they uh. So- like they, they literally got caught up in this. They they understand now what a lot of YouTubers have to deal with. Actually, you know, um, they it says Bungie's lawsuit is particularly scathing of Google and YouTube's processes. Um, and th- th- it says they got stranded in a circular loop, and. I just find that hilarious because they're going through the same bullshit, you know, when being falsely DMCA'd, you know? That was uh,
0: was way ahead of where I was left off. We were were up for as high-impact lawsuit to suggest Sony's Bungie's not happy.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Um... Uh are we
0: We were I was telling you if you scroll up toward the top, it says it starts to, it's the section says high impact lawsuit suggests Bungie is not happy.
1: Yeah. Um
0: that's where we are.
1: I'm sorry. Just this. <sighs> Alright, well
0: I mean I'm sorry for keeping it kinda of rigid, but I I think jumped a little far ahead but i just want to get through
1: yeah i understand <laughs>
0: but yeah and then after that you get a newly created gmail address used by defendants it says like how budget says that as long as fraudsters have a google account they can fill out a takedown form and youtube will process the takedown request with diligent additional checks for verification and it was exploited between March 17 and March 22 when newly created Gmail addresses set away with fake notices to YouTube. They apparently did not look like legitimate CRC notices, but it wasn't noticed at, at YouTube, meaning that the innocent YouTubers were using copyright strikes for no reason. Same Gmail addresses were also used to contact the affected uploads with messages that attempted to credit legitimate takedown notices set by CRC on behalf of Budgie. And then a 2nd newly nearly-created Gmail account was then used to send abusive messages to the email addresses of Bungie's brand protection vendor. This caused Bungie significant reputational and economic damage for obvious reasons. Bungie writes, noting that the Destiny community was bewildered and upset, believing that Bungie had a promise to build their own streaming communities and YouTube channels on Destiny 2 content. And also mentioned that at that stage, Bungie admits it doesn't know the identity of those who sent the notices, but it fully tends to find out. Developer says it will use a DMCA in the means to identify them and hold them accountable for their tortious and illegal act- conduct. And frankly, to demonstrate to anyone else stupid enough to volunteer the defendant by targeting Bungie's community for similar attack, they will be met by legal processes. Bungie Complaint stresses the importance of the SD2 community, highlighting the contribution made by YouTubers, including My Name is Biff and Dato. Since the game is free to play, the help of the community is vital, since that's what encourages people to buy additional content. And then, yeah, it's a plot thinking. Bungie suspects retaliation. This is how Bungie's complaint reveals that really, March, CSC was told to issue 41 DMCA takedowns against videos that Bungie viewed violated policy of the use of its intellectual property. And such a song's ripped from the game, game cut seeds, or anything else. And in this case, DMCA notices targeted Destiny 2 original soundtracks that were removed from Mewtwo for copyright infringement by March 16, 2022. Says that Bungie said that all the notices utilized a particular Google email address and on March 17th, the defendants crafted their own Gmail account in order to send the fraudulent DMCA notices. In short, Bungie believes that the YouTube users who were impacted by its early DMCA takedown notices decided to teach Bungie a lesson by sending out the wave of fraudulent DMCA notices under the name Bungie Inc. They then sent messages to affected uploaders, telling them that the original and real Gmail addresses used for takedowns was a fraud. And then... We're getting close to the end here. In fact, I'm not going to go... Too detail on this, but, Alpaca, what is your thoughts on all this stuff here?
1: Um, I mean, it's quite obvious that the copyright system is flawed on YouTube. Everyone complains about it, and, um, you know, um, Bungie here had to deal with it firsthand you know, so, uh I mean, I, I, it it's almost hilarious, Um but I don't know, I don't really want to speak too much on it, it's just, uh, the copyright system on YouTube is obviously flawed, and anyone can, in a sense, pull this, you know um whether it's legitimate or not considering youtube is a lot of a lot of it is very automated mm-hmm. so it's it it's quite easy to just say that you know i am bungie and deep stone lullaby i own this and I'm going to strike you now. Yeah. like it, it just makes it very easy to, to, do, to do that sort of stuff and ruin the career for a YouTuber or at least the hobby. Right.
0: Especially when the, game, the developer itself was priding itself on the ability to make content. It, it becomes evident that that sort of stuff really sucks and it shows that YouTube system does need to get fixed. Hopefully, this lawsuit does actually go through and can make a lasting impact on, say, YouTube, for instance.
1: I would hope so, because I know, um, I know we talked about, um, before in one of the earlier episodes how YouTube, um, like Google sent out like a, like a, a, um, a public, um, Thing uh, it's like a analytics or something uh, of how how their system was used and most of it was legitimate and illegal and stuff. But when this sort of stuff happens, it's quite damning that it's not really working. You know, right. And now it's attracting the attention of. ...an offset of Sony. Who, Sony is a pretty big company. Bungie's a pretty big company. You know? Mm-hmm. They're literally smelling the smoke in the air this time.
0: <laughs> hey, I mean, at least I'm not getting copyright stricken over...
1: You suck. I mean it at least it's not mandatory to squeak the ducks every ten seconds. One,
0: two, three, four,
1: five six. I'm I'm gonna walk out right now. Literally, just like fucking goodbye. One, two, Eight, I, I'm gonna walk out. Fuck a duck. <laughs> <Quack>. <laughs> they need to make like a rubber duck. I'm literally the shape of a rubber duck.
0: <laughs> Alright, we got the mouse shit break.
1: <laughs> so, I made this joke when we were off camera basically hydro that like the case that that hatsune miku rubber duck was in looked like a ufo and basically i said an army of rubber ducks and their allies baby metal along with air support provided by hatsune miku duck (laughs) and uh now they have uh they have um support They have amphibious assault support. (laughs) Like, what the fuck now? With that rubber duck thing. It's literally that picture that you posted in the memes chat. With Hatsune Miku on a duck. It's like... (laughs) God fucking
0: damn it. Join the Discord if you want to post rubber duck memes. And all sorts of memes. We're out packing to see.
1: Don't. Anyways,
0: yeah, so as we were about to say before we got to the 10 second quack rule, speaking of which, um, so pretty much Activision Blizzard is confirmed the vaccine mandate is over, but the employees are going to walk out on April 4th, which by the time this is recorded will have already happened mm-hmm so as we can see here Activision Blizzard an official its vaccine mandate for U.S corporate employees and workers have announced they plan to walk out and protest the company confirmed the Verge that has already ended the mandate and a better ABK which is that famous organization that we love to talk about too because they advocate for these people announced Friday that employees will walk out of work on April 4th at 1 p.m Eastern t- time in protest. Jessica Gonzalez, a former Activision Blizzard employee and a founder of APK, oh, a better APK, revealed that the company was changing its vaccine policy on Twitter Thursday evening. In a series of screenshots, she shared the text of an email sent by Brian Bulatow, the company's chief administrative officer. Effective immediately, we are lifting our vaccine mandate for all U.S. employees. Bulatow says in the text shared by Gonzalez, Volatile also discussed the company's return to office policies, though acknowledged that they differed across the business. Bloomberg gaming journalist Jason Schreier reports on the email shortly after. And you can see the tweet that Gonzalez posted right there. Anyways. Back to this. As part of... Turning to office, Blizzard and Activision Blizzard held several feedback sessions and polls over the course of three months, in of which they decided to mandate the vaccine for workers coming into office. This was the agreement under which people agreed to come back. This recent change was not run by any employees before being announced. On Friday, Bullitt's house sent another email to clarify the company's policy, seemingly assuring employees that... Not all of them will need to return to work if they're uncomfortable. For the majority of our employees, we are still operating under a voluntary return to office opportunity, which was shared with The Verge. Although we are not on a company-wide basis requiring vaccinations to enter our building in the U.S., it is still up to the leaders of Activision Publishing, Blizzard and King, to determine the processes and policies that work best for their employees and locations based on local conditions and risk. Schreier also reported that Blizzard chief Mikey Barr sent an email Friday saying that Blizzard specifically require vaccination for the next few months at least. And you can see the series of tweets down here. But ABK made three demands to the company on Friday, which I will quote below, well, which the writer did, and which you can see about in the tweet that follow: an Immediate reversal to lifting the vaccine requirement. Remote work should be offered as a permanent solution. This Worker vote or an office should be made by each individual employee. Following Activision Blizzard's clarification, the group retweeted a Blizzard employee, but has so far not posted its own response. And there's a lot of stuff here, but you can see here, like, it's, un- it's unclear how many workers are expected to walk out. And according to Polygon, a representative for the group did not have an estimate number of participants. Gazal didn't respond to it, did reply to a Twitter DM, and a better ABK Twitter account didn't reply to a tweet asking for clarification. Activision Blitz didn't immediately reply to a request for comment. Yep, and there's a bunch of other things too. And yeah, what are your thoughts of this issue? The fact that Activision Blizzard and plays well protest over the ending of a vaccine mandate
1: Um, well I think it's a healthy exercise of rights you know and um, to protest uh, you know uh, um, I mean I know it's a a company that they're protesting against not like a a government but um, I think it's okay that they're walking out, you know, if they don't agree on it, that's okay with me. I mean... It, you know, the the way I see it is a little bit more like, it's your choice, you know? But, um, I wanted to make an offhand joke about... <laughs> LOL, that's how they're gonna get the scumbags back to work. Not naming any names. Um... But anyways, um anyways uh so i'm okay i'm okay with um i'm okay with you know both sides but i also understand why it would be a bit of an issue you know
0: right like here's my stance is that i encourage vaccination like at all costs but at the same time like if you are not going to vaccinate you should at least be responsible by only traveling to local and not going out-of-state visits and anything like that.
1: Certainly. no, nah, that's kind of how I see it, too. If you're not going to be vaccinated, then that's your choice. You know, just don't damn everybody else alongside yourself.
0: hmm Right. And i i've seeing this protest on top of other situations is very interesting to see. Another thing worth noting about the whole thing is the fact that a judge approved Activision Blizzard's $18 million settlement in sexual harassment suit. Oh. And a California judge says, this is from NPR, California judge says, she will approve a settlement between video game giant Activision Blizzard and the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. The case stems from a complaint the federal agency filed in September after a year-long investigation alleging that employees at Activision Blizzard were subject to severe sexual harassment and pregnancy discrimination. And the settlement includes an $18 million fund for eligible claimants who worked at the company starting at September 1st of 2016. Our goal is to make activism a model for the industry, and we will continue to focus on limiting harassment and discrimination from our workplace, said your favorite person on the planet. Just kidding, not really. The court's approval of this settlement is an important step in ensuring that our employees have mechanisms for recourse if they experience any form of harassment or retaliation. The EEOC's lawsuit is just one of the one that the company has faced recently for its alleged toxic workplace culture. The California Department of Fair Employment and Housing is also suing the company for equal pay violations, sexual discrimination, sexual harassment. And according to paperwork filed with the court, the DFEH had tried to move to intervene in the case, but was denied by the judge. Claimants who apply to receive money from the EEOC settlement waive any rights to any. Monetary relief provided by the DFEH lawsuit. The company is also facing an investigation by the Securities Exchange Commission over handling sexual harassment and discrimination allegations. So,
1: yeah, um, I'll set to talk about this.
0: Yeah, you could talk about your thoughts on this.
1: All of that. Okay. So, I love money. Money's great. It really stops all the worries. You know, financially anyway. But, is $18 million going to settle being treated like an object? Or... Is it going to settle being worried that, you know, that your fears will come true or having trauma or or, um, post-traumatic stress over being followed by somebody who might want to take advantage of you. Right. Does any of that does 18 million dollars pay that off for somebody who really knows what that feeling is is like who's experienced it? And that's a portion. You get a portion of that. If they switch this to 18 billion maybe I don't know, but
0: Right, because $18 million technically is like pocket change for Activision Blizzard. This this means nothing to them. So they can just continue doing whatever they feel like doing. Mm Mm-hmm. So in a way, this feels like Activision Blizzard technically won this whole thing. Obviously.
1: Yeah, they walked away with it. That fucking... One second, let let me... How much money does it take did it take take to make I don't know Call of Duty Vanguard
0: Featuring rubber ducks
1: Okay um one second Um, Doesn't fucking say, but let me look at how much money has every Call of Duty game made. So um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 has made 1.25 billion in sales black ops 1 $1. 1.22 billion 2 1.18 in billion uh, and let me just look is there is vanguard on this list uh okay so so it was 18 million right okay so call of duty world at war Zombies, so I think that was like an iOS like release. Let me look it up, but if not
0: uh, And that's not
1: even considering the
0: free-to-play Call of Duty mobile game that's out there too
1: Yeah, now uh, Yeah, it was an iPhone exclusive like port for the zombies mode that made $25 million in total revenue. $25 million. And this fucking lawsuit is $18 million. So, if, if a fucking shitty mobile port to the iPhone can make more money than what this lawsuit cost, then they're just fucking walking away. Like, they fucking won this even though they lost it even though they lost the small little battle they fucking won the war because they just walked away like okay so call of duty modern warfare 3 defiance that's like i think that was a nintendo ds port of modern warfare 3 uh yeah it was a nintendo ds that made ten million eight hundred thousand dollars Approximately, in total... In total revenue. And... That was a fucking... Terrible DS game. I played it myself. I fucking played that game. And, I mean, it was okay, actually, but... I played that. In my spare time. And that made... Just under... Like, that made 8 million dollars like about like 7 million, you know, $200,000 less than this lawsuit. So, if they just released a bunch of I don't know, Nintendo Switch like like great value versions on on the Switch of like Vanguard and Cold War they just made up this the entire budget that they spent on this and what they got back was probably three times for Terrible ports on an inferior console not saying the switch is inferior But it's definitely not as powerful as a PlayStation 5 or Series X um, All I'm fucking saying is that they walked away if this if this said billion I would eat my fucking hat, and I don't even have a hat on. Uh, But... I I don't know. This does not fucking scream Activision Lost.
0: Did you do this rubber duck? Did you call this whole mess? Answer the question to the audience.
1: So, once again, I'm just going to ask you, does this... Does eighteen million cover the trauma, the fear that like all the bullshit that these people have gone through because of what has happened behind the closed doors at this company? I mean And you only get a fraction of it. I mean if the lifetime you worked...
0: experience definitely not. I mean, yeah, they're getting compensated, but how much is each person getting relatively to each for those affected?
1: Yeah. And this doesn't cover before September 1st, 2016. So if you work there and you got harassed before that date and you quit before that date, you get nothing.
0: Only tears and sorrow. But yeah, I mean, this, this whole situation is... Oof. On one hand they settle the case, and the other hand it's just Activision Blizzard walking away clean. Yeah. But on the other hand, though, speaking of law, there's also senators that are pushing for the FTC to review Microsoft and Activision's deal that's sixty nine billion dollars. Nice. And so we have four United States senators have called on the Federal Trade Commission chairwoman Lena Kahn to investigate Microsoft's $68.7 billion deal to acquire Activision Blizzard. And the people, the senators that are involved with this are Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Sheldon Whitehouse, and Cory Booker. And the FTC typically is more, you know, stricter than the Justice Department, Department of Justice, it comes to acquisition deal. And, the, and what these four centers are hoping for is that the FCC should oppose the deal if it finds the transactions likely to enhance monopsony power and worsen the negotiated position between workers and parties. And before that, they mentioned workers at Activision Blizzard following years of rampant sexual misconduct and discrimination and unfair labor practices have led calls for greater transparency and accountability in the gaming industry. And we are deeply concerned that this acquisition could further disenfranchise these workers and prevent their voice from being heard. Yeah, and all this stuff is just... Filler stuff, but Yeah. So here's your question. Should the should the FTC decline this offer?
1: Um I mean what what is it so this is interesting uh they had the sub headline or whatever you call it it says senators say both companies have a poor history of worker treatment. Now we've made it a point to always talk about, you know, ActaBliss, but Microsoft? Where, where is this coming from? I, I want to know.
0: I'm not entirely sure. I mean, for what I've heard, I mean, I was also watching a video on Dreamcast Guide. They're saying, as far as I've heard, Microsoft's a great company to work for. Mm.
1: it's in Interesting. Some-
0: but if they view this company as a poor history of working treatment for both companies, then obviously I'd rather have lesser two evils take the company than leaving it as is.
1: Yeah. Because either, you know, where are they pulling this from, honestly? And I mean, that's also the truth. I, I'd rather have them take care of the entirety of Activision, Blizzard, and King then you know things still go about um, down here it has um, what is this? this is they have the Senate letter um, uh, and give me one second let me just skim through it uh, because. Um, Uh, so it talks about the frat boy culture and all that sort of stuff, but where is it citing? I I think that's a miscommunication.
0: Yeah, like um, I, I mean comparatively, I mean even if you look at if you look at Microsoft worker mismanagement, it mentions like it seems relatively minor in comparison to what Activision Blizzard is. Like, I think, like, Microsoft's minor issue is just they're cur- they currently are dealing with the whole thing of, hey, uh, we may mismanage the product line or whatever, but it's not compared to mismanaging a company's employees' morals.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh... I don't know. I feel like they're trying to pull straws, I guess, in this sort of sense. They're trying to make it seem worse than it is, just to like you know how on like a like a you know on a resume you kind of uh, you know sugarcoat some things, you know, kind of like this when you're trying to write a convincing piece. A lot of things need to be sugarcoated, but still. Along the lines of truthful mm. So yeah, maybe that sub headline You know Might it's, it's, it's a little bit bold to say both companies have a poor history of worker treatment but <sighs> I don't know
0: All Right Oh um, let's shift to something a bit more positive, though. Like, how about ASUS potentially lowering their graphics card prices? I
1: mean, yeah. Uh, uh, there's only one thing with like uh, I'm looking at the comments because I'm you know I'm also trying to get a viewpoint from like people. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe. There's one thing with Undead Labs, um, because of State of Decay, I guess they weren't, you know, that studio was not doing great, I guess. Um, or
0: like how Halo Infinite's development has been entirely mismanaged. but that's not comparable to, like, having rampant sexual harassment culture within the entire company. Yeah. I mean, if you pick between crunch and mismanagement or sexual harassment, which is worse? I'd rather take the company that does crunch over the company that does sexual harassment. Yeah. And the unfortunate thing, too, is that crunch is also almost a mainstay in almost a lot of
1: industries. Yeah. When I think of crunch, I think of every other studio. Like, remember Red Dead 2? 100-hour work weeks with Rockstar, you know, like, I mean, it's kind of a thing. Uh, It happens all the time. Um, I mean, people get sidetracked. People don't really, you know, realize how valuable their time is for, you know. um.
0: But, yeah, let's move on to something more optimistic towards the Asus lowering prices of graphics cards.
1: Okay, Um, before that, also, I just noticed, Elizabeth Warren, didn't she also make that thing about, like, uh, she wants, um, but before we go to that, That she's also the same, she's also the same person that wanted that uh, five billion and under for, like, Yes. that's probably why she's signing this for PAMA, yeah. Uh, We can head on to this, I just wanted to, I just remember that, I was like, hmm, Mm. hmm, yeah.
0: Anyway, it's back to something more optimistic. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, something really optimistic. I saw, an, I saw it 150 for a 1650, non super. Mm-hmm. Yes. Still a terrible graphics card for gaming, though.
0: Yeah, so talk about this. So, this is what the. So, according to the writer of this article, who is Dave James?
1: Duck James? Dave Did I hear
0: that wrong? Oh, David. Okay. I mean, although Duck James would be pretty funny too.
1: Yeah, I hope I hope that you know their Twitter handle isn't, you know. Hmm. No. He looks like the quartering. Sorry.
0: Anyways, uh They said this is what he they we've been waiting for. Actual manufacturer meaningly dropping price of the graphic card. They've noticed recently that GPU stock levels have been getting back to healthy levels across a swap of different cards, but though prices have been dropping, they're still a bit high. But with Asus confirming to us that it is reducing MSRP aggressively, it means that the actual retail pricing can now follow suit, hopefully soon. It's not in the cards Obi-Wan's either, such as the RX 6500 XT, which has remained at or even below MSRP for much of life. We're now seeing pricing coming down across a host of different GPUs, a7 dropping pricing across all SKUs, And if you scroll down, it says it looks like Aces is looking to jump first as GPU pricing inevitably drops with an increase in supply, obviously, out there. And demand is still sky high for graphics cards. Manufacturers go to have start putting work that they want to use to buy their cards. And when pricing is still punitive elsewhere, the first to actually drop a GPU pricing, we'll see the lion's share of users buying his cards over the competition.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh,
0: oh, and uh, this, I mean, which we're going to talk about this in a few seconds here. There are reports that the next big GPU to launch, G- GeForce RTX thirty nine Ti, has had a significant price cut compared to where it would have been positioned had it launched back in January as expected. Which, we're gonna get to that soon. But what Hell do you yeah. think... But what do you think of the fact that we're seeing Aces dropping prices of GPUs?
1: Um... I mean... that Well, that's kind of it, you know? I mean, that's that makes sense that they do that to be a bit more competitive, of course. Like, um... I think, uh... I think I, when I was watching a video from Hardware Unboxed, uh, you know, uh, Tim from from that you know from that YouTube channel, um, he mentioned how you know if you see a you know if you see a um, you know let's just look at GPUs for for from a second you know you see a thirty eighty from I don't know ASUS. Um, and then you see another 3080 from Gigabyte but the Gigabyte one has you know the Gigabyte one has uh, more RGB you know has a okayish design you know and it has the, the, sa- the same display outs as the uh, Asus one then you see another one from uh, ASRock Um, and it's in the middle of the gigabyte one and the you know the asus one but they're all still a 3080 and one might have rgb one might you know whatever but at the end of the uh, at the end of the day they're the same exact thing maybe one's a little overclocked maybe one you know is i don't know has a slightly different setup you know because that's how that's why aib partners are but they're still at 3080 obviously you're gonna pick the asus one because it's the cheapest and it's gonna do the same exact thing that the one next to it and the one you know that's 200 or 300 or 400 dollars more ahead of it uh, so the asus one is you know let's just say it's 800 bucks that's a dream but it's 800 bucks and ASRock is uh you know 1000 and the gigabyte one is you know 1300 but uh, the only thing the only difference between the gigabyte one and the asus one is the gigabyte one looks cool and the asrock one uh is i don't know slightly overclocked fa- at the factory so you don't have to worry about warranty stuff but 800 bucks versus you know 13 and 1000 you know it's 200 to 500 saved on you know maybe you could you know, put that into a better CPU or something, or a better RAM, faster RAM, you know, something, or a good power supply or something, or make your case look pretty damn cool, I guess, or throw rubber duckies at it. Uh, and yeah, you could, uh, have those as hood ornaments, uh, mounted to your car, you know, in the melting sun, um, hopefully. Uh, anyways, um, <laughs> that's kind of the thing though, is like, <laughs> That's how you say that. that, I fucking, I, I fucking saw that. (laughs) But anyways, um. I'm just turn into fucking Daffy <laughs>
0: It's like imagine you zombified or like made Daffy a ghost.
1: Oh, okay. I I mean you know it also is a ghost that um didn't release on launch. I mean, yeah.
0: We can definitely talk about the fact that we now know the pricing and release date of the NVIDIA RTX 3090 card.
1: Yes, the RTX 3090 Ti. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yeah. Um. Hey. We called it the Ti all this time, but hey, let's let's make you think that it's great. You know you know how titanium is ti in the uh you know the periodic table you know the same one behind hydrowave above his tv except not really i don't think uh now it's the rtx 3090 titanium the titan um except not really because it's i don't know it's like it's it's good But it's not for gamers. It's like 14% better than the 3090, which might seem like a lot, but what the fuck are you doing? Like running uh, Cyberpunk at 8K? Even then, I don't think the 3090 Ti can do 8K still. It might say it does, but sometimes it falls short. As far as the benchmarks I've seen. Anyways.
0: Yeah, let's take a look here. So, essentially the... RTX thirty eight ninety Ti is going to feature a record-breaking 10,752 CUDA cores, both 78 RT T-Flops, 40 Shader T-Flops, and 320 Tensor T-Flops of Power, all with 24 gigabytes of tw- of the fastest 21 gigabyte per second GDR6X memory. And like you said, the benchmarks are Questionable, but they say that game is up to sixty percent faster than the RTX 2080 Ti. Well, I said it that way too. Way to go, and fifty five percent faster than the Titan RTX.
1: And the, yeah, um, go ahead. Sorry.
0: And exactly like you said, the GeForce RTX 3090 Ti is for most ambitious users, those building research systems for data science and AI or processing large data sets and those making massive products and creative applications. Or maybe you're a developer or a CG animator working with detailed models, super high-resolution textures and massive sets.
1: Looking at you, Hydro. Woo! Or is Epic Stick Adventure.
0: Yeah, I could definitely use that.
1: Yes, certainly.
0: And <laughs> maybe we'll feature some rubber ducks in the show. I don't
1: know. Maybe. I don't know. You're a fucking... I I should have never mentioned it during a godcast session because now you're going to bring up those rubber ducks. These motherfuckers. (laughs) No. (laughs) Anyways, you are saying... If
0: I didn't find the... You know, Hase Miku rubber duck... Rubber ducks wouldn't have been a meme on the show. Fuck you. And now rubber ducks are the meme of the show. In fact, those baby metal pop figures haven't appeared as much, because rubber ducks have stolen the show.
1: That... Th- that thank... Thank you, rubber ducks. Y- you've... You've... Y- pick your poison. Or, actually, basically, i flushed out the poison with more poison. So now <laughs> so, so now I've got these, uh, you know, now, you know, before I hated the uh, dysentery I had, so I flushed it out with uh, uh, constipation meds, and now I'm constipated. <laughs> That's how I see it. And now I'm going to flush it out with fiber and have a stomach blockage with <laughs> the next big meme.
0: And who knows what the next meme will be? Out the rubber ducks,
1: a coronary. I don't
0: know, but they did say, like you said too, with AK being a thing. It says if you support the game, extreme enthusiasts can enjoy maxing four K ray trace gameplay at fast speed possible, and even AK NVIDIA DLSS accelerate gaming on displays that support AK sixty Hertz, as specified. An HDMI 2.1, so if you DLSS, you could technically get up to 8K.
1: Yeah, but you can't run it at max. Right.
0: And actually, wow, well, I should probably show this are off. And this is the moment you guys are probably waiting for. Starting at one thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars.
1: It'll be that's like a brand new car. Not really.
0: No, that's like a used 1999 Toyota Corolla price.
1: That's like a Chevy Tahoe from the future, featured in the Halo trailer. Woo! Anyways, uh,
0: and then it will be available for purchase from all the providers such as Asus, Colorful, EVGA, G- Gain Galax, Gigabyte, Inno3D, MSI, and everybody else. And if we scroll down here.
1: And then,
0: yeah. Um, oh, oh, actually, it is arriving today. So technically, the thirty-nine Ti is actually out.
1: Holy shit! I need to go to Newegg then. Uh. <laughs> uh. Sort by highest price. <laughs> Where is it? Oh. Uh, HP, NVIDIA, Tesla. What? <laughs> There's a Zotac. <laughs> uh, what is this? This is a bundle. No, it's it's just the fucking 3090s. <gasps> I see it! Zotac Gaming GeForce RTX 3090 Ti Amp Extreme Hollow 20. 20- oh my god! Oh my god! At the cart! At the cart! <gasps> uh, I'm broke. Fuck, I forgot. God damn it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they got that.
1: They got a, uh, um, they, they, they got a, no, oh, my, where is it? Where is it? I need to filter literally just by th- 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 tongos. Uh, uh, where is it? There it is. Oh my God. Apply. <laughs> What's the cheapest one I can get? The Zotac one is the cheapest, at two thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents plus ten dollars shipping. Nine
0: ninety nine. Uh. Not a good also, time to, yeah. If, it, if it, that case, not a good time to buy this graphic card. Right now, if you're looking for MSRP.
1: Uh, no, actually, that's like a hundred dollars. But uh, one thing we never got—we we never get to mention because they don't really show the actual image of it. They, I mean, they kind of do. This card is thick. This card is... almost four PCI slots. So, uh, it's 3.75, and the EVGA one, apparently, they come with this, like, little hook that you hook on the graphics card and hook at the top of your case to support how fucking heavy it is the bracket the PCI bracket is it reinforced? like crane that you hang it on and holy shit it's it's so thick it's it's like a it's like a really old like it's like one of those old like f- 4 slot ones that had, like a bunch of fans on it before when didn't know how to cram so much you know power Um, but yeah yeah that's one thing that I ran into when I was like looking this up and I was like god that's that's massive so pretty much you can only install one into your system and it only fit in micro ATX uh, mid towers and above and if you fit it into like a mini ITX You're a fucking god. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Um Um speaking of GPUs.
0: Well we have another story to tell too, so obviously the Thick Boy is out. Um
1: What is Thick?
0: The other one is an entirely new company. Entering the GPU market. Well, they've been popular with CPUs, but GPUs, they haven't had the best track record. Yeah. And now they're going to have something to compete with.
1: Looking at you, UHD 630.
0: Finally, Intel can have good graphics for CPUs and GPU cards.
1: Oh, yes. And finally, I can run GTA 5 at 60 FPS on integrated graphics. Thank you, Iris.
0: Yeah, so, let's take a look here. So, we're going to start off with the main details here. And that is the fact that Intel details its first Arc A series DPs for laptops. I know, it's out of order with the script, but we'll go with it. Oh. So, we're actually talking Article 2, not
1: 1. Oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Uh... I'm annoyed, but hey, they exist. I mean, but they're a leprechaun.
0: I mean, hey, unicorn. You, I need mean, to pick what's more annoying: rubber duck or.
1: Uh, What's more annoying is uh Um what's more annoying is being harassed by a goose. You ever piss off a goose and it just like harasses you?
0: <laughs>
1: now you need to find rubber geese.
0: Or get home like rubber chickens that you find that you use in, like gym classes or whatever.
1: Yes, um, but yeah, uh, yeah. But what's more annoying is when your laptop is overheating.
0: <laughs> right. Anyways, back so, to the uh, main details itself of the of the GPU here. So, as we know, uh, we've also talked about the arc line itself back a few episodes ago, and. The first batch of A series GPUs are lower power cards mainly for ultra portables and thin and light notebooks. The company's graphic card will be using namescreen similar to CPU to help differentiate between its very performance tiers. And if we look here, this is an image of the you know A series. This is the laptop built chips, so keep that in mind. And across the entire family of ARC Intel graphics cards is based on four main pillars: Xe cores, Xe Media Engine, Xe Display Engine, and Xe Graphics Pipeline. All our cards will also have the same basic feature set, including support for DirectX 12 Ultimate, ray tracing, XC Super Sampling, AV1 hardware acceleration, and more. So you can see that Intel is even trying to make their own version of DLSS and Fidelity FX. Uh, so the Arc's Xe cores are based on Intel's Xe 8 high graphics performance microarchitecture, with which each one featuring 16 256-bit vector engines, uh, 16 1024-bit matrix engines, and 192 kilobytes of shared memory. The Xe media engine designed support popular video apps with hardware encoding at up to 8K, 10-bit HDR, and hardware acceleration for a number of popular standards. While the XC display engine was built to handle video output for up to two 8K displays at 60Hz simultaneously, four 4K displays running at 120Hz, or a single 1440p screen at 360Hz. And you could see down here, like, the differentiations. Yeah. Down below. This chart is actually pretty important here. So let's take a look. So the Intel Arc 3, and the Intel Arc 3 has two different variations. You have the A350M and the A370M. And so for the A350M, there is six Xe cores, six ray tracing units, and a 1,500 megahertz graphics clock, four gigabytes of GDR6 memory, 64-bit memory bus, and a graphics power 2535 watts. Well, the ASEP370M eight, has eight XE cores, eight ray tracing units, 1550 graphics clock megahertz, and four gigabytes of GDR6 RAM, 64-bit memory bus, and 25, well, 35 to 50-watt power. And supposedly these cards are supposed to be targeting 1080p gaming at 60 frame per sec- second to 90 frames per second. And if we look at the Arc 5, which only has one, that the A550M has 16 XE cores, 16 ray tracing units, 900 graphic, 900 megahertz graphic clock, eight gigabytes, 128 bit memory bus and 60 80 Watts of graphics power. And it says here, I guess it doesn't mention anything specific about that card. No, it doesn't mention anything specific, but you can assure that this is actually more powerful than the arc three. And the Intel arc seven has two, as also like the arc three has two different variations the Xe has t- there's a730m and the a770m with the a730m having 24 Xe cores 24 ray tracing units 1100 megahertz graphics clock 12 gigabytes of gdr6 memory 192 bit memory bus width and a to 120 watt of graphics power while the a770m has 32 Xe cores 32 megahertz of graphic clock it has 16 gigabytes of gdr6 memory 256 bit memory bus width and a 120 to 150 watt graphics power Uh, again as we can see here you can see here how Yeah, you can see how these are supposed to be pretty capable ships. Most certainly. Well, I don't think it's going to be as capable as, say, maybe like an NVIDIA, like 3080 Ti or whatever. At least these will be su- capable enough.
1: Yeah, and uh, seeing as they, uh, you know, um, the, you know, even the three uh you know the uh, i guess arc 3 um series of, of uh gpus as far as 1080p at 60 to 90. um you know uh that says a bit um as far as it goes right now i mean as as far as this means if this doesn't mean ultra to you know low end or lower graphics I don't know, but if they, if they can achieve that, at least, you know, then I assume that every step up, of course, you know you see, you can obviously tell every step up is like a literal step up from six, eight, you know, 16, um, 24, 32. And then the clock speeds, um, actually, why is the five a bit lower than the, huh? That's weird. But you can tell as they go higher up, of course, they consume more watts. So obviously, there is a chance with a laptop, you know, it might might throttle unless you uh, have good ventilation. Um, But, um, I mean, they're looking promising. Like you said, you know, they might not reach... 3080 ti levels of course i mean their laptop gpus they're not meant to put out so much power that they you know burn themselves out or release throttle um but i mean these are capable definitely you know if if you can't uh if you don't want to go through with uh you know the if the shortage lasts a little longer um of course you don't want to Go through all the uh you know hassle of waiting for stuff to uh you know um personally um i'm excited because it just means more graphics cards out there and i can't wait for lovelace and ada gpus and um for like the, the, the next gen uh you know the four thousand and seven seven thousand series for amd and NVIDIA, respectively, as well as these new Intel graphics. I feel like they'd, uh, you know, hopefully get us out of this, like, literal drought of GPUs, you know. Um, even though these are, you know, laptop ones, I really can't wait to see the uh, the physical desktop ones as well, which, actually, moving on to those... Yeah, um, before
0: we go, on, just... Just note that you can see how Capable some of these cards are As if you look at the Chart below that one that we just Reviewed all the specs of you can see A little benchmark while it's While we take benchmarks It just gives While we always take benchmarks with a grain of salt
1: Yeah There's certain conditions that are You know like Artificial like Sometimes they may choke the Uh XMP profile to you know a lower amount or maybe there's uh, you know like how uh, smart access memory and uh, resizable bar sort of stuff you know there there's differences.
0: Um, yeah, and you could see here like obviously it's comparing to Intel Iris X, so that's obviously gonna be better no matter what. Certainly. But back to it, we're back to the desktop side. So Intel, as you can see here, teased the first Arc A series desktop GPUs have its summer launch. And they say that the company has offered a peek at an Arc A series limited edition video card arriving sometime this the summer. There are no specs or prices, unfortunately, but the double height design and in fan cool makes clear this is aimed directly at gamers. And... Obviously, as we know, that it's going to support a wide variety of features. Mm -hmm. And naturally, you know, I mean, who knows how this will do. I mean, I have a feeling, honestly, judging from what's going on, I mean, especially if there is rumored, you know, NVIDIA cards and MD cards coming up. Now, these cards will probably fall behind at first, but then the second generation will likely catch up.
1: Oh, certainly, it'll be like uh, and it'll be like um, the 5000 versus 6000 series with AMD and ray tracing. I mean, even still, then ray tracing is still a bit less effective on AMD cards, but as of right now, um, NVIDIA. With the rtx you know there was no ray tracing capability on the 5000 series for amd but the 6000 series started to um, enable that and made it uh you know it's a thing you can do but it's not really competent at it versus Nvidia, where rtx 2000 series was pretty all right and then uh, three thousand series is when it started to step up, so you could actually have that around. I mean, I know the uh, new console generation is AMD based, which says a little bit, in my opinion. You know, maybe they threw in a little bit of the ray tracing uh, elements into the uh, APUs instead of the you know dedicated graphics that we have nowadays, and maybe the seven thousand series is going to show off what they've been hiding in the playstation 5 and series x but i don't know (laughs) i don't know
0: wouldn't it be funny if like in the in the gen 10 consoles we get to a point in which one of the companies like sony or microsoft pivot to intel for graphics and cpu
1: yeah i think we were actually talking about that before um off, off mic off camera um, uh, because yeah, we were talking about how the, the you know the Xbox, the original Xbox um, how it kind of you know it was uh, an Intel and NVIDIA you know um, like a collaboration almost um, and it'd, it'd be kind of interesting to see an all Intel based sort of uh, console for the next generation or maybe if they make an xbox series i don't know z for you know an an upgrade down the line you know how this xbox one x you know sort of thing like that maybe
0: i I gonna say if it's gonna be an iterative console like going from like you know an xbox like series x to xbox series x plus i don't i don't think they would switch gpu manufacturers then that would be a gen 10 thing
1: yeah maybe um that that makes a bit more sense though yeah um but i'm just saying you know i think it would be almost kind of funny what it would if you know what if these new intel gpus might actually be okay man like be near the performance of nvidia Or, you know, the higher end, you know? Who knows? I mean, I doubt it, but... I mean, wouldn't that be nice? That would be pretty cool, but then again, I don't know what they'd cost then.
0: Actual competition in the GPU market? Oh, that'd be amazing. (gasps) Yes! (laughs) Now we should should have to have NVIDIA make computer CPUs and then we're set.
1: Oh my god, but... I mean, you can kind of already get that with ARM, but not really because NVIDIA fell through. Never mind. <laughs> I, w- I was about to make a joke, but it oh, never the, came to fruition. Oh, the
0: <laughs> ARM thing? Yeah. I mean, they technically make the Tegra line of CPUs, but I'm talking about like a actual, like, desktop CPU, not like ARM-based. Yeah. Uh, an actual x86 um, processor that you could use on your computers. If everybody hopped on that market too do we could have an actual three-way for cpus and a three-way for gpus and you incite like more competition
1: yeah um yeah. looking at the comments and stuff they they kind of went like uh you know we're going to delay you nya, nya, nya. <laughs> i thought that was kind of right funny almost like i don't know uh, and then there's this guy guy's like the english english language is a hodgepodge <laughs> anyways it don't matter um yeah
0: let's move on to the next topic which is the fact that we got a date for microsoft build 2022 oh yeah yeah this, um this is the developer conference that microsoft usually holds every year
1: it's their version of e3 at least the E3 that you're talking about. I think of E3 as like a Breath of the Wild 2. Featuring C- Coming in this... Fucking God. Uh... <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, this is a developer conference that details, you know, like different tech and developer innovations and all this other stuff. Like technical questions related to Microsoft products. That's what this conference is. It's gonna be from May twenty fourth to May twenty sixth. Okay. So that's all I have to say about that. I mean, this will be good for developers, obviously.
1: Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have anything else to say as well, because like you know, I already showed that I don't like uh, E three. So. Anyway, sorry.
0: However, we do have another major topic to go through real quick.
1: Oh, yes, yes, this one. This one's scary. Because we're on Discord right now. Mm-hmm. And I almost made a Facebook account. I mean, you can't have a, a rubber duck. No. That will be my Facebook uh profile pic. <laughs> it's just, wank. Anyways. anyways
0: so apple facebook and discord reportedly gave user data to hackers posing as law enforcement and you could see down here that apple facebook and discord turned over user data to hackers posing as law enforcement officials according to bloomberg the demands which were forged to look like authentic legal requests reportedly came from legitimate email accounts that have been compromised And according to them, both Facebook and Apple turned over basic subscriber details such as customer's address, phone number, and IP address. Discord provided the internet address history of Discord accounts tied to a specific phone number. The hackers also targeted Snap, though it's not clear if the company actually turned over requested data. As "As Bloomberg points out, It's not uncommon for companies like Apple and Facebook to turn over data to law enforcement, and these companies have dedicated teams to respond to such requests. Typically, these requests are accompanied by a court order, but there are emergency cases when law enforcement asks for data without one, like when someone is believed to be in danger. In this case, the hackers used a tactic in order to access personal information about specific targets in order to facilitate financial fraud schemes. As a Meta spokesperson, Andy Stone, said that the company has safeguards in place to verify legal requests and detect abuse. And Apple said also play out to company guidelines saying their policy to verify legitimacy requests for user data. But these safeguards can fall short if the requests appear to be for emails associated with legitimate law enforcement agencies at discord told Krebs it says we can confirm that discord received requests from a legitimate law enforcement domain and comply with the request in accordance with their policies we verify these requests by checking that they come from a legitimate source and did so in this instance our verification process confirmed the law enforcement account itself was legitimate we later learned that it had been compromised by a malicious actor if it's conducted an investigation into this illegal activity and notified law enforcement of the compromised email account And they say, interestingly, security researchers have reportedly tied some of the people involved in the scheme to another high hacking group that we talked about last episode lapses. And yeah. So what do you think of all this?
1: So, um, I mean, the way I take it mostly is just. I'm I mean I understand that you know um I understand that this is a you know this is something that you know should be you know fine I guess you know giving data to law enforcement but when stuff like this happens it's like oh god I hope that data wasn't you know related to me and I hope you know that data doesn't have anything really super personal like you know your SSN or I don't know something like that like uh, your I don't know if you bought like Nitro or for Facebook if you played FarmVille and gave your credit card information or um, you know for the iOS for Apple you know what if what if they you know um. So I mean, it's your address, phone number, and IP address. Um. For like Facebook and Apple, and for Discord, it's internet address history. Um, but it doesn't talk about this. Like, if that's specific, like, I I don't know. I'm just it's a little unsettling. I would just hope that there's um i don't know um it, it it's it's a really scary fishing attempt is all i can call it you know
0: right to think hackers will um, hack a legitimate law enforcement account to then be able to achieve data from like apple and discord it's yeah. kind of scary to think about.
1: Yeah, because this kind of like almost falls into the same vein as uh, what Bungie had to go through, mm. you know? Sure. Impersonators, you know? Mm. So. Like,
0: imagine if. Imagine if the rubber duckies were the impersonators. Then what would you do? You're a moron. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right, and then we're getting to the last stretch here. But oh, right. yeah, our next topic involves FedEx part- partnering up with another company to do autonomous drone cargo delivery. So this is Posted on March 30th, it is FedEx Express, a subsidiary of FedEx Corp and the world's largest transportation company, teamed with California Bay Area based Elroy Air, the company building the first end to end autonomous vertical takeoff and landing aerial cargo system. As at, a at first of its kind of agreement in the U.S., FedEx Express will develop plans to test Elroy's air. Chaparral autonomous air cargo system within the company's middle mile logistics operations, moving shipments between sortation locations. This is, the this is the latest initiative from FedEx in its effort to explore and adopt emerging technologies across its networks. And you can see a bunch of PR speak down below. Actually, I'll show the article that would help for a few seconds here. But yeah, I mean, think of it this way, you pair this. With the fact they wanted to add anti-missile lasers to their their aircraft.
1: Yeah, speaking of that, uh MQ twenty seven dragonfire inbound. <laughs> Literally, it will be a fucking um, turret drone. If if somebody starts throwing rocks at them, they'll get pepper sprayed.
0: And by pepper sprayed, you literally mean just get a missile blown at your face.
1: <laughs> but it, it it it'll be a uh, a tranquilizer missile. It only cause minor damage, like a beanbag round, <laughs> except more permanent, more dislocating.
0: I mean, granted, while we do like to joke about the fact that they added one at add, like anti missile lasers. <laughs> missiles to their aircraft um let's talk about the implications of drone cargo delivery um like what do you think of autonomous delivery for the drones
1: I mean it's it's kind of a uh, fantasy of mine to be able to have a a very strong uh drone deliver something to like a friend like I don't know uh, me and uh One of my friends always joked about sending a drone delivery over to them and like, if like sending something over with a drone and I don't know, I, I just thought it would be kind of hilarious, but, um, it would be actually quite cool. Right. Um, it's just, I, uh, I don't know. I I'd love to do it, but. As far as like, I don't know, Amazon sending me, uh, you know, get it day one sort of things like they, like an Amazon drone flies from like, I don't know, Oregon to Minnesota and you know, I get a, a Red Bull from that or I get like, a, uh, don't know, a uh, a non branded drink. <laughs> An Amazon Basics drink.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, uh, if I wanted to, if I had a drone delivery, I could have a drone pick up a box with these rubber ducks and ship it to your address by a drone across the country. Oh fact we're both doing glitters, but still. Fuck you.
1: <laughs> You're a fucking <laughs> Don't you send those squeaky rubber ducks over me? <laughs> I I will equip Sentry. I will equip a Sam turret the blast it out of the fucking skies. <laughs>
0: wow we just got asmr segment ladies and gentlemen
1: yeah i should do that for a living
0: <laughs> and just know but, that one day we'll be able to ship rubber ducks by drones to move packages please
1: i'm gonna go on amazon and order a sam turret right now <laughs> all right uh sam turret nerf sam turret they got nerf sam turrets what the hell uh, what the fuck? So, for results, I got this, like, truck and this car It looks like a. I don't know. Looks like a sports car. And then I got the Elgato Stream Deck, <laughs> Mecha Blocks Call of Duty SAM turret, Nature Made SAM E Complete 400mg coated tablets. Right and for real, Snack and Sam, the Bronto interactive animatronic plush. <laughs> oh Furthermore, God. I've got like a a Nerf Claymore. Wow! I'm gonna order this and and then uh uh y- you'll wake up one day and get blasted by Nerf.
0: Looking forward to it.
1: I'll find a way.
0: Just know that you won't be able to add more flag. That there will never be another flag emoji to plant through the text message.
1: Yeah. Um. This I want to fucking talk about because. Oh, give me one second. Um. This I really want to talk about because. Uh, what the fuck, you lazy bastards! right anyways you're saying
0: so so yeah so they're saying that mode 6.0 submissions opening from april 4th 2022 to july 1st emoji subcommittee members stand with open arms for your future hair pick conda and pink heart emoji proposals that being said there's one particular type of emoji for which the unicode consortium will no longer accept proposals flag emoji of any category Flag emoji have always been subject to a special criteria due to their open-ended nature and frequent use and burden on implementations. Today, 9 out of 10 are in the top 20 most frequently shared flags. The only outlier is Russia. The addition of other flags and thousands of valid sequences into the Unicode standard has not resulted in wider adoption. They don't stand still, are constantly evolving, and due to the open-ended nature of flags, the addition of one creates exclusivity at the expense of others. And they mentioned, why do flag emojis exist in the first place? Well, the shorter, more technical answer is the country flags use a generative mechanism and were encoded early on for compatibility reasons. Longer answer requires a flashback to the 1990s. KDDI and SoftBank, two Japanese mobile phone carriers, had early emoji sets, which included 10 country flags. A possibly apocryphal ap-cri- explanation is that they were used to know what to grab for dinner. Alas, as Unicode stepped in to create meaningful interoperability between these carrier-specific encodings, they were presented with the problem. Why should there be 10 countries... Why well, should these ten countries have flag emojis when others do not? And you can see some other ideas. I say why this flag emoji but not that one. Said, Today, the largest emoji category is flags. But did you know that there were over five hundred geographically recognized regions that are also valid? And it said. These are no subdivision regions and are based on ISO 31662. And first, what does valid mean to the United Studio Code standard? Well, think of it this way. Say, anyone can make a font of 5,000 emoji flags with these sequences. They are valid sequences. They are legit sequences. They will break any platform, any application, or font can implement them. The significant difference here is that valid doesn't mean they are recommended for implementation. And you can see there and yeah, there's a whole bunch of this whole arc goes up through a bunch of different things and what do you think?
1: Um so <sighs> um I don't care um honestly I think uh I think emojis should uh be completely destroyed and um I hope they uh die in a gas fire um because like emojis I mean you know digital sprites uh I think this is a stupid, um, I think this is a stupid, uh, you know, thing, uh, like emojis. I, uh, yeah, this is, this is what, this is what I've been thinking about this Unicode thing. Also, for some reason, the website's not secure. What the fuck? <laughs> um. I
0: think i technically a, using blogger or something like that. uh Oh. Oh. I can
1: recognize that be anywhere. I see, but anyways, I think the idea of emojis are they're they're nice, you know, I like them, but uh, if we can't have any of it, then why have it at all? Honestly, like I don't know. I think we should just completely uproot emojis and like. I don't know. I feel like Unicode, like, right here, is, like, kind of just taking the easy way. You know? Because, like, it says about the history of them in the 1990s, KDDI and SoftBank, two Japanese mobile phone characters, had early emoji sets, which included ten country flags. Um, Unicone, you Unicode stepped in and created meaningfully interoperability between these two, carrier specific encodings present a problem why should these 10 countries that flag emoji when others do not and oh. oh okay <laughs> you know what's funny is windows never supported the flag emoji um, anyways uh, basically what I'm saying is If we can't have all of the flags of the world and, like, other flags that represent a nation, I guess, then none of them should exist at all. Because it's unfair and I believe in um, uh, that simple uh, destroy everything if one thing cannot be happy. <laughs> Anyways, I don't really care. I, I just... Uh, don't like emojis anyway and uh this little like uh compromise that they have um use the hearts um okay um i think that's kind of stupid though that's uh, that's a little bit stupid that's a great way around it
0: i think what you Uh, could do instead honestly is the thing is that the flags do a good job at one thing and that they consolidate certain things like they know the pride flags and all that stuff. Like, yeah, why not just have it so if you do a flag thing, you know, how when you go to like iOS or Android, wherever you go to the emoji thing and you scroll down, and you see flags. Uh huh. Why can't you just have subgroups inside the groups and you could be like, oh, national flags, uh, regional flags.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, they could, like, create subgroups. Like, you know how in the Microsoft, uh, on the Xbox One, how you can hold down, um, A, and then you can pick, like, different skin tones and stuff like that for, like, characters and different versions of, or variations? What, why isn't that a... Why can't they do that? Um... You, you bring up a good point with that. Um... Also, I just realized I got the the bisexual flag wrong. I don't know why I know this, but it's supposed to be pink, uh, purple, and then blue, because they kind of mix into each other. Um, good job, Unicode. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um. And, uh. Yeah. Uh.
0: Yeah, it's about. See, you have countries with multiple colors for flags. Like, if you look at like, you know, like, I mean, also the exhibit showed like South Korea would probably be a more complex example because they have black, white, red, and blue.
1: When black, have- white, red, and blue. It, wouldn't that be? Isn't that kind of just a way to like put a uh, like? That's just a great way to like. uh Oh my god! Actually, yeah, that'd be, that. That's a terrible thing. Like, let me try to let me go on Discord and try to make like a a South Korean emoji flag, but not, without using the flag. By
0: using the hearts, they advertise.
1: Yeah, or any other emoji that looks like yin yang, Oh, like a red and blue kind of pattern. Let me see if i can do that but you you continue on
0: yeah but then like you have things like red white and blue like like for these flags of the original 10 like uk but, united states russia and france
1: yeah that's so fucking stupid you could matter of fact you could just fucking say red white and blue for south korea and for canada what about Japan? Japan is the same colors. Canada's a, you know, red and white. Fucking
0: Mexico and you know. Italy have the same colors.
1: Actually, yes. And um <clears throat> um it, what if the uh hold on one second. What is E S Unicode? What's the What's the third one in the first row? Third
0: one, first row. So China, Germany, Spain. Okay, so the red and yellow.
1: What? You know what else is red and yellow? China. Mm -hmm. Yellow and red, the yellow star and the red flag, but Spain looks distinctively different. But I could go. And say, you know, um, you know, Spain, you know, pride, I guess, or something. And I'd look like, I don't like I, I fuck, some people could even like make fun of me and say, you know, McDonald's or something. Well, <laughs> now I think what, about you it. You
0: know what other country that no longer just has a red and yellow flag.
1: Yeah, I know the Soviet Union.
0: Yeah. <sighs> a lot of people just use that in place of another country that exists. Yeah. Because the country that currently exists and not that other one is acting in a similar manner right now, trying to evade another country.
1: Mm hmm. But, uh, I don't know. Flags should just. Uh, Country flags just I feel like shouldn't exist you know like not in a like mean way but uh, honestly I just I fucking despise the idea of exclusion like that you know Um, I
0: mean here's the thing look what you could probably do is also just have another team add more flags or open source this somehow
1: yeah, open source it. Fucking find a way to have people who are competent at it, you know, take your job, I guess. If you're not gonna put in the you know the work. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. Yeah. Just always pissed me off. But
0: now we have to get to the last thing. Alpaca. It's time for you to become a weeb. Actually you already are a weeb. You enjoy, baby, my little Hatsune Miku. The fuck you just... <laughs> and then meanwhile, you
1: had sex with Felix. I am Felix not from Ar- a weeb. <laughs> you know? I am not a fucking weeb. Hey. You Don't ha- you dare put me in that category of wee- weeaboo. <laughs> Don't you ever fucking put me in that, that category.
0: <laughs> hey, you're the one that had sex with Felix from RE0 back in like, of the epi- other episodes. Let me know how that went.
1: I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Oh, okay, okay, seriously, what the fuck? <laughs> now now I'm a now I'm a cat boy. What the fuck? What is this bullshit? Fucker. Anyways. So uh so uh anyways, ad supported viewing. So is this free? Add supported free viewing option. Yes! I mean, actually, no, damn it. I fucking hate my life.
0: Uh, so, for the spring 2022 season and future season releases, Crunchyroll Update are offering on semicast titled by subscription tier. To view new and continuing semi- semicasts, a premium monthly or annual subscription will be required. So, there are going to no longer be any free options for that.
1: What are these names? A couple of cuckoos? <laughs> Trapped in a dating sim. The world of Otome games is tough for mobs. What is this? Is this a fucking Minecraft like anime? <laughs> the I, greatest demon lords is burn are born as a typical nobody. That that's just the plot to Samurai Jack.
0: <laughs> Anyways, um with the exception below, you'll no longer be offering Simon episodes one week after Released as an ad-supported previewing option for continuing series, ad support viewing on any new episodes will not be available in line with the spring season. However, previous episodes are still available for all user types. Due to our new seasonal site, simulcast will be offering initial episodes of Select, titled as part of a seasonal sampler for previewing for a limited time. And the list was something that Alpaca mentioned.
1: Shikimori is not just a cutie. Who the fuck is Shiki Mori? <laughs> hey,
0: this is anime. Skelet- Both of us are not familiar with this. Actually. I mean,
1: you know, I thought Dragon Ball Z was weird, and that's really mainstream, so...
0: <laughs> yeah, anime can be very taboo. I mean, I watched a preview of a show, apparently, where... Apparently, a boy and a girl switched bodies, and then the whole thing was actually switching bodies. The guys walked by with a girl that was, like, a few years ago. It was, like, a whole post-apocalyptic story. I watched a guy literally talk about that. It It was interesting to watch this conversation, but I don't really watch anime at all.
1: Me neither. Like, wholeheartedly, truly, I do not watch anime that much at all. Like, even if... Like, I don't even... I only watch it if it's like, like, like I said. I, I, I've the only anime that I've ever really liked watching was Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball in general until it turned into like a bunch of screaming matches. Um, I mean, so. don't get me
0: wrong. I like JRPGs. I like Baby Metal until so Alpaca. Fuck you. And I sometimes. We'll dabble in with some Hatsune Miku stuff, and anyway, I Alpaca's also a huge fan of that shit.
1: Never gonna give you up, never <laughs> going to let you down. So, I come back from a pee break, and this guy has ME6 playing Hatsune Miku covering Never Gonna Give You Up, and... He's off doing I don't know whatever on the bed. He's like looking at his phone. I don't know and it's just like uh, hmm. Anyways,
0: yeah <laughs> So uh, obviously it sucks that they're taking away a free option for anime watching Oh, uh, yeah, I'm possibly get to watch Poof Alpaca nerd about anime Because this no. is his favorite type of media <laughs>
1: My favorite anime is is uh is Sonic the Hedgehog. Actually
0: there is a Sonic anime it's called Sonic X.
1: Uh-huh. I remember watching it on like uh uh what what was it called? Four Kids Tsunami. Oh no, f- yeah, I think Four Kids actually.
0: Or it could have been on Tanami, but
1: anyways, screw
0: you. <laughs> um, I think that'll be it for today. So our comment of the day is none because of course we don't get comments on the show.
1: But yeah. uh one comment I can make is that Sonic the Hedgehog 2 movie was great, you know. It's one of those movies where you got to stand up and clap, you know, as Sonic is flossing. But in this case, it's Eggman flossing. So you got to be like that Jim Carrey cinematic masterpiece. You start clapping and then the guards came in and tranquilized me. I didn't see the rest of the movie, but uh, it was a cinematic masterpiece. Jim Carrey flossing. Spoilers. Sorry.
0: I swear to god if that was real.
1: Imagine wave flossing. Don't you dare. You fucking cocksucker. (laughs) Somebody's gonna fucking trim that as a (laughs) gif. And... Like it... Just, just the, the small portion of your body and your arm flailing around it is gonna be like somebody's wallpaper in the near future.
0: <laughs> I think it's your wallpaper. Fuck you. Featuring rubber ducks.
1: Yeah, that and uh, you know, it'll be it'll have you flossing and it's a gif. It'll have Hatsune Miku duck. And also have um, a certain someone in the bottom right corner being hidden by the start menu. <laughs> anyways.
0: Uh, yeah. This is not going to be any leaders of scummy corporations in it.
1: Yeah.
2: But
0: anyways, um, that'll be it for today. So, guys, if you liked what you've seen today, uh, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Make sure you follow us or subscribe. To any of our locations, a uh, link to which is of which it's all down below. Check us out like the link tree. Yeah, of course. Check out you know, oh you know the Hydra Drive 99 subreddit and especially the Godcat Discord, where you two can post rubber duck memes, and alpaca will surely enjoy it. I will not. Or alpacas. I know he likes those too.
2: Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: Anyways, I'm Hydra99,
2: and I'm Propopacta,
0: and we'll see you all next time. Bye, everyone. Oh, I'm it.
1: Just kidding. Oh, oh, I'm